Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 257. Nice. And it is Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. I am your host, Victor Omoyo. And with me, as always, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? Yes, and joining us live in the Codex Prime Studios, a.k.a. my apartment, <laughs> we have uh, we have the uh, comedy duo. Um, first, we have a filmmaker and musician of the of the punk rock band Senior Discount, Chuck Staten. 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 That's all right. Yeah. All I right. know, it's tough. Thank Everyone you. wants to say Staten. Sometimes they say Stanton. I'm like, come on. But yeah. Staten, I know it's tough. No, one's, yeah. no one has the last name Staten, so no one hears it. No. Oh, okay. You know? Right. That's a good point. <laughs> you know? All right, so, let's yes. hear this. So yes, Chuck Staten, and then we have Providence Improv Guild player and comedian Brad Rower. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, to, and together they are they make the duo uh, of the Chuck and Brad podcast. Yes. Welcome, sir. The worst, the worst podcast name of all time, the That's Chuck true. and Brad podcast. <laughs> Tells you nothing about what it is. If you don't know Chuck or Brad, you're like, why would I care about this? But that's our name. We're stuck with it now. All right. Hey, I love it. Well, thank you guys for having us on. Yeah, oh, man, thanks for here. coming on. Like, this, I appreciate this, it. This is going to be fun. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. This is great. I have oh, a yeah. lot of thoughts about codices. So the fact that we're at the Prime Codex. I don't even know. Is codices the plural of codex? I don't because know. Because that's... That was a decision I made he's as a I former, was speaking. He's a former uh, writing instructor, yeah. so um, I'll I'll actually Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Please do, yeah. Let's Let us know. See. I don't know a lot about rural code, uh, a codex. Yes, right. <laughs> Much less the prime codex. That's funny. Plural word. Plural of codex. codex. We're we're already off the rails. Yeah, right. Yep. As we should. I'm yeah. okay with that. <laughs> There's no rails here at That's Codex funny. Prime. Oh, oh no! Yep. We need to have y'all on more often already. <laughs> We've only been on for what two minutes? <laughs> yep, it is codices. Wow. Codices. Wow. There you go, buddy. Good job. I'll take it. Yeah, that's good. All right. Nice. So, tell us about yourselves. Tell us about yourselves. Like, give us give us your humble beginnings, as I like to say. Hey, Brad, what do you say? All right. Uh, I'm originally from Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved out here in in 2006. Coming up right on. What did we say today? Um, the 19th? Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I think tomorrow is my 15-year anniversary of moving to New England. Wow, that's oh, crazy. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, I, I, I was doing improv in uh, in Newport, uh, and the bassist in Chuck's band was also in the group, and so Chuck came to a show, mm-hmm. and the band was doing comedy videos to promote shows. Mm-hmm. And Chuck looked at me, and he's like, that guy is the exact opposite of punk rock. We need him in our videos to balance us out. Mm. And so he, he hammered me until I said yes. And uh, then, you know, did some videos. And then uh, we were still looking for ways to promote the band and ways to get people to come back to the website every week. Because, again, this was 2007, 2008. So social yeah. media not as pervasive as it currently is. Yeah. And we said, what if we did a podcast? We, I think at the time we both had blogs that we would update occasionally. Yeah. So how do we get people to come back to the website? How we we, we get- always did blogs about <laughs> movies. We talked about movies right. all the time and different like, you know, works of art like TV and music and stuff like that. Um, Film guy. Yep. There you go. <laughs> and, and, and also yeah. I was going to say like one of the things was that we did these comedy videos and one of the things that really I think pushed us towards podcasting was that as we would go forward, they would take longer and longer and longer to do because we would make these comedy videos to promote the band's shows and stuff. But then we'd be like, we'd get more into lighting. 
Then we get more into audio. Then we get more into like having storylines. It was kind of like the TV show The Monkees, if you've ever seen The Monkees, mm-hmm. where it's just like a fictional show about a band yeah. where they make up stories. That's what it was about, like our band. Mm-hmm. And so the videos would take us a week to write and 10 days to shoot. And you'd have to find time. and It would take all this time. And so it was one of those things where it's like, well, what if we kind of put our efforts to also towards something that we can kind of do way more often? Right. As opposed to, well, let's all put aside 80 hours and, and make a video. Right. And it with, was with, easier to with, do a with podcast. 10 to 12 people. So yeah. the podcast yeah. with two people on microphones. And at the time we had somebody else doing the mixing for us, the audio processing after the fact. Yeah. Um, we said, let's let's start that. And I remember, you know, we sat down for our first one in January of 2009. And we were going to talk about what were our favorite uh, media things in 2008 favorite TV shows favorite books favorite uh, movies whatever yeah we said man I hope we can go an hour and it was like three and a half hours we had to split it into two parts and we're like oh we've got something here <laughs> nice. yeah so that was that was a that was a big part of it is that I think that my reputation with the band was that we were always doing these videos where like we would do a lot of like crazy and obscene things we used to do like we started out making like prank videos and like stuff that was closer to like jackass Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, I've been arrested for some of the stuff that we've done. <laughs> and we had this reputation in, in this in Providence of having these really wild shows. We're a punk rock band. So bringing Brad in as, like, a very kind of, you know, soft-spoken, mousy guy. Rule meister. A rule meister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, bringing him in was a great balance. And so the podcast kind of continued that balance with me and Brad. And so that's kind of that's kind of what the, the podcast is. It is the balance between my personality, which is a little bit more like that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't want to say abrasive, but abrasive and, uh, you know, bombastic, kind of, yeah, bombastic, yeah. excitable. And Brad is kind of the more, you know, conservative, soft spoken kind of guy who, uh, you know, doesn't want to take as strong uh, viewpoints as I want to take mm-hmm. where I say. Scream 4 is the best horror movie that's ever come out, which is not how I feel. Just I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just talked about it on the way here. He would be like, oh, I was okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. kind of our thing. I don't, I don't want to I don't like make yeah. big declarative statements. Yeah. Generally speaking. So we started the podcast, and then um, we still did, you know, still did the comedy videos, and eventually got into doing live comedy. Kind of like we did our podcast, and we also were kind of dabbling into stand up live, and then we kind of combined our live podcast with stand-up and so that's what we do live now um at usually at the comedy connection in east providence rhode island um where we do like a show like a we'll do we'll do like a halloween show or a christmas show um and it will be kind of a big mix of stand-up sketch comedy and just kind of alternative strange ideas that we want to bring to the stage it's 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 hard to explain so i'll have to give an example but for one of our halloween shows um we were taking uh, promotional pictures and so I said, we're going to dress up as clowns, right? Mm-hmm. So we both dressed up as clowns, spent hours getting ready, took pictures. Poor Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I can see right now. Well, I, I didn't think this was the one you were going to give, but that's fine. The fly- <laughs> so then the flyers came out, and it was other pictures we took. We also took pictures of, like, Day of the Dead, you know? Mm-hmm. Brad's like, what happened to those clown pictures? And I'm like, ah, oh, these worked way better. Blah, blah, blah. And Brad's like, all right, whatever. We get to the show, and I'm like, listen. I told him ahead of time. I was like, listen, the headlining bit tonight you can't know about it. You just got to come on stage and we'll, and you will go through what it is. And, he's like, and okay. you also said there's a thing under a sheet on the stage. Don't move the sheet. Yeah. So there's this huge, huge thing. He came on stage and I said, uh, all right, so you know the clown pictures we took? He's like, yes. I'm like, I took your clown picture. I made it into an advertisement to hire you as a clown. 
and I sent it to like a hundred different people and businesses across the country. Yeah. And oh I pulled the sheet off, and it was a four by six, four foot by six foot representation mm-hmm. of the advertisement with him as the clown. It's, <laughs> I, and it's not a flattering photo. <laughs> I wrote like a ton of like postcards as him with mm-hmm. the ad on one side and a letter on the other of just like crazy inquiries from him mm-hmm. to be hired as a clown at like the local Chili's and all these different things. And uh, so we went through them. And also we had like an email address on the back for people to write in and kind of respond. And we got a lot of fun responses and we read all the, and we wrote, you know, on stage, I read all the, uh, the letters I wrote and it was it's like, that's kind of like one of the segments we might do something very strange like that. Mm-hmm. But man, that one, that actually went over like the best of like, it went really well, it went over for, for the audience. One clown postcard went to my high school girlfriend that was like, oh, now I know who my true self is. I'm free to be with you or something like so. And like, you know, I, I don't know if you remember the, the I, I think it was the Doge meme where the do, it was, you know, a picture of a dog and then it was like, oh, so bark, heck yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. This was like me. And then it would say like, can be funny clown or scary, mm-hmm. innocent. And I'm like, why does innocent have to be there? And so it's, it's you know, this weird, creepy clown vibe that went to yeah. mostly strangers, but, <sighs> you know, some acquaintances. And I'm like, what happens if we go into that Chili's again? And they're like, that guy looks familiar. <laughs> yeah, so our shows will be filled with like, you know, sketch, stand up, alternative comedy. We try to make it feel like you just don't know what you're going to get when you walk through the door. Okay. One, of the t- one of the times we did a thing called um, Trap or Treat, we had jack-o'-lanterns and you had to reach inside people from the audience and it was either going to be candy mm-hmm. or a mouse trap would snap on your hand oh right and then the person that actually got the candy went on to the next round and we hooked up a car battery to a jack-o'-lantern and we cut the 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 hole like really small so it's like operation where you had to like not touch the sides and you had to get the candy out of it oh, you know man. we do a lot of fun See, things like, like that <laughs> you guys look scared we we looked it up and it's like the car battery isn't strong enough to actually hurt anyone. But, yeah. But you don't know that because there's these big Yeah, yeah, you don't know that. So no. so that was, you know. So it looked dangerous. Was you shouldn't not. tell that in the story. I don't care. That's <laughs> not good. You ruined the story. I was worried about. You ruined the story. That, 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 was fri- that was frightening. <laughs> it was. But fun to watch. Exactly. See, so that that's fun. You're excited live. I wish you didn't tell that part. Um, <laughs> but we also work with, uh, have you ever heard of Bonehead's Wing Bar around here? It's in, There's two of them. There's one in Fall River, one in like um, West Warwick. Yeah, I've been there. So they sponsored our shows before and for christmas they'll make us like a ghost pepper gingerbread cookie or a ghost pepper or something and so we'll have people come up from the audience we'll have a few of you know we'll have like let's say three and we'll be like one of these is a ghost pepper gingerbread cookie and one of them and, you know the other two are not mm-hmm. and then people will you know we'll see you know they'll eat them and they'll see which one is the ghost pepper one now see some for that i would try right yeah because uh in, in certain ways, I am a glutton for punishment. Right. Like if you go, if you go back to our old episode, uh, one of our old episodes, I uh, lost a bet with uh, one of our viewers. Shout out to Nick Thomas, and uh, I had to drink a white claw. Okay, it was awful. Oh, really? I called for my mother. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Okay, and then it was also okay. So then, a fellow podcast, the UWO podcast. Shout out to Kyle Chapman watching. So we had a, their wrestling podcast, and we're mm-hmm. huge wrestling fans. Yep, right, um, yep. So we usually have like a little WrestleMania, but like picks bet going on. Yep, you know? yep, yep. Whichever person wins, you know, the most matches, they win for their podcast. Good. Yeah. We happen to win. Good. So we took. So each member of the UWO, with the exception of Eddie, because he bitched out. Mm-hmm. 
I don't care if he's watching. Come you on, know, Eddie. I said Come it on, to him Eddie. too. Eddie, Jesus. <laughs> they took a drop of the Wicked Nightmare extract. Mm-hmm. Just one drop. Kyle almost jumped out of the window dying. Yeah. yeah wow. Like we, he was on the, t- he was like face bullet as you, th- you would have thought that he would have mixed Hennessy, Everclear yeah, 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 yeah. and Jack Daniels in one shot. Oh. Yeah. Right. And it was hilariously awful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I took, I actually took two drops and did like my girlfriend at the time, she introduced me, she yeah. um introduced me to it and I took two drops. There's actually video footage of it, two drops and I couldn't have anything to drink for two minutes. And were you okay with that? Yeah, I guess. Oh. The, the things you do for love. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, I lived. Yeah, I lived. Yeah, exactly. You're fine now. You're fine. You're past it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was hospital, just at a point. Hospital bills are almost paid off. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not, no hospital, just ice cream okay. right away. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible with spice. Like, regular spice, totally fine. I like it. But we did a commercial, actually, with Boneheads, and we had to have their... It's, I think it's called Hell's Bells. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. And it's the dra- it's the ghost pepper and the dragon pepper. Was that what it's called? I don't know what it was. It it's was like it's like one spicy. of their it's like their hottest sauce. And we had to eat six wings, and each in between we had to deliver a line for the commercial. And I couldn't even finish my. I did five, and I gave up. I couldn't do it. Please tell and me I, this commercial's on YouTube. Oh yeah, it's there. Oh yeah, it's, if you go to the Fall River Boneheads, it plays on repeat on one of the TVs <laughs> yeah. there. But Brad ate his six, and he ate my last one too. I'm uh, I'm not a spice guy. Like I won't eat buffalo chicken. So for this super spicy thing, I was like, all right, yeah, I read somewhere you eat bananas beforehand and you take Pepto before, like you're going to coach your throat and coach your stomach. Yeah. And uh, and so Chuck was being such a baby. Oh, yeah. I was both. And like was drinking all our milk and like reached oh, yeah. over and stole my milk. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I'm like, I just want to get through this thing. And yeah. so when it got to there's one wing left and Chuck won't eat it. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I have to do this for the commercial, like for for sure. the bit. Yeah, uh, and he and beat it wasn't, me. Yeah, it wasn't something I, I necessarily enjoyed or wanted to do again. Like, I definitely felt them moving through my body the next day. Like, yeah. I could definitely point to where they were at at the given time. Yeah. Uh, but after that, I was like, okay, I survived. Same thing. Like, all right, I, I made it through. You I'm sure still, did. I'm still, still standing. <laughs> but you know what? Nothing is as spicy anymore. After you eat something to yeah, that degree, true, right. you can pretty much handle anything. I agree. I think that that's true. I think that it raises your bar, and you're just like, whatever. Like everything else is kind of like, okay, I can take this, whatever. I, I completely agree with that. And yeah, Vic, Vic won't do it. Nah, I, I, I'm no spice. I, I, I'm, I do like spice, but not to that oh, right. heinous degree. Yeah, you know? like it wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant experience. I was like, why yeah. do people do this? And yeah. my friends are like, because it's awesome. And yeah, I'm, I'm not. Like, That's not an answer. No, I can't. I can't do the heavy spice. I knew a kid, a guy who, uh, our buddy Ryan, who just like would like bring around those weird like super hot sauces and just put on stuff. I think it's because he had that thing where he was like a ten year old and he like thought it was cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, get out of here. I'm, I'm good. Good. Yeah. I just want good flavors. That's what I care I, about. I'm not ten years old. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta do things. For you the bring experience. You, you bring the ultra spice around and put on everything you eat. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm just saying. But sometimes I like to try. I I like to try those. Just for is one thing, but being like, "Hey guys, guess what I'm doing?" That's a different thing. (laughs) Oh, not to do like that. I just like, all right, let's try this. Like we also did. We also did the Toa Satan challenge, which is the Mm -hmm. world's hottest candy bar. But here's the thing: we only bought one, and we just split it. (laughs) So you didn't really get. Yeah, yeah. You didn't get the full experience. It's like, all right, like, right. It mine's just melted and. Yeah, and I'm just like, all right, well, we yep. did right. it, I guess. No, I hear you. 
I like I like regular spice. I'm, I'm good with regular I, spice. I, 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 don't, I don't I don't need to do I don't need to do a crazy spice thing. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I have done them, but I, yeah. I feel like my arm was twisted a little bit. I just want to see. I mean, you wrote one. the commercial. <laughs> just do one. Uh, I will not. Can we get the people in the audience <laughs> to say Javik? Just do one. They can say what they want. I will. I will not. <laughs> well, what would you What would you try? Would you have like uh, like you'd eat re- regular buffalo wings, right? Oh yeah. Okay. So, but if you went to like Boneheads, would you get like you know one of their spicier sauces to try, or would you get their spiciest, or just to try one? Like to try one, I would I would try their spiciest, yes. just out of curiosity. There you go. That's yeah. all, I'm, and that's all we ask. Well, all you had to do was talk him into it. I just did it. Well, <laughs> well, you did. High five on that one. Well, no, no, no. Like, like that's reasonable. Right. Like, what you're talking about, like extract on your tongue. That's that's beyond the pale. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because if he's in an environment where he's eating at Boneheads, and it's like, yeah. oh, let's get an order of their hottest wings. They're here. Yeah. They're chicken wings. That does make sense. It does change but it from the, the, yeah, the, the pressure yeah. of. Oh, this is liquid death. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. the psycho pepper of Quetzalcoatlmanga. <laughs> that's funny. Oh man, I, this is already hilarious. So um, I don't need where to go now. Um, so yeah, get uh, where can I go? So yeah, your filmmaking career. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. So you know, this is part of a you know starting a band. We started the band I think in two thousand. Let's call it four. My band senior discount. Um, and when I was a kid, like like you know like twelve. I would always have like a handy cam. We'd make like little videos here and there, little sketches and stuff. And then when the band started, it started right when I started going to college. I went to Rhode Island College. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of make you pick like a major, which you're, you know, a lot of 18 year olds aren't exactly like super confident in what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't either, but I'm like, I like filmmaking. So I started going for film. And when the band started, I was like, all right, well, there's a million bands. Like, how are we going to stand out? So we decided that we would make like a, a short comedy video me and um our old bassist actually he wasn't even the bassist at the time no, he, he was just not. was kind of like someone that did filmmaking stuff with us he's like oh let's make this you know our we were like let's make this comedy video made this very short you know rudimentary handy cam five minute couple shot comedy video and people really responded to it hmm. so we started doing more of that and they eventually grew to like what I was talking about, where it's like, you know, full episodes of a TV show like the Monkeys, where we'd have an A storyline and a B storyline and all these different characters. And it really was like, well, we have this band and we're playing out all the time and we're making albums. If we have these videos, this is kind of a really different method of promotion. Like right now, I think if a band or anyone came out with like any, anybody really came out with like a funny video for their social media, you're kind of like, yeah, whatever. It makes sense. But I, but this is back in like 2004. It was really before YouTube got big. So being in a band, a punk rock band, and making comedy videos seemed very strange at the time and very novel. So I got more into filmmaking around that time because we were doing it kind of for a reason, to promote our music, to promote our shows. And because every time we'd have something big come up, we want to do a new one, we'd kind of expand it a little bit more. Where it's like, well, can we do this? Can we do this? And uh, eventually... You know, doing more and more stuff. Like I said, it was getting harder and harder to do it. You know, we did a full-length documentary on the band. That was great. We won a film festival with that. And we, nice. we did two screenings at Providence Place Mall. We sold out two screenings, 350 seats each, which was awesome. Really cool. It was really fun. This is a long time ago, too. Um, and uh, eventually, we started doing the live podcast and right. filming those and stuff like that. And I love this podcast called Tell Him Steve Dave. Love it. You know Tell Him Steve Dave? I never listened to an episode, but I did binge comic book Ben. Yes. All right. So that's who I work for. So basically, 
Tell him Steve Davis, Walt Flanagan, Brian Johnson from Comic Book Men, the TV show that was on AMC after Walking Dead, and Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers. Yeah. And I was a big fan of the podcast. They were doing a live show in New York City at the Gramercy Theater, and all these people were like flying in for it because they basically never did live shows. And I reached out to them. I have no connection to them. I don't know them. And I was like, I was like, you guys filming this? Because you really should film this live show if, if all these people are coming out and you never do live shows. And I couldn't get through to them. I eventually reached out to Quinn's manager, and he hired me to come. And so it was myself, my girlfriend, and Brad. Yes. We went to go film with three cameras um, the Tell Him Steve Dave live at, at the Gramercy Theater. Mm-hmm. And it was because we had, I had filmed like, you know, podcast stuff with me and Brad live that I was able to submit. And they were like, all right, come do it. So I got the footage, started talking to, to Walt, and we turned it into a Blu ray. And we sold the Blu ray. We sold out immediately of the Blu ray which is awesome. And then eventually they were like, you know, we want to do this other project. We did another project. And there was, you know, few and far between. It was probably like every few months or whatever. Yeah. But eventually comic book men got canceled yeah. and tell him Steve Dave was like, we're going to start our own Patreon. Mm-hmm. And so they said, we want to start a Patreon. And what that turned into was a, like a full length video every week, like an hour and a half to two hour video every week. Mm-hmm. And so they pulled me in to start doing that. And so now for years, we've been doing video projects constantly. Like, um, I'd say last year I probably did like 21 like very like long video like you know hour and a half two hour video projects with them and I go down to New Jersey from Rhode Island all the time to film with them in the secret stash the comic book store I and I come back store. yeah and then through that you know um, I started reaching out to Kevin Smith and now I film for Kevin Smith as well I do work with him he just opened a venue in New Jersey called Smod Castle that's like live podcasts and comedy and film screenings and I'm helping there I'm filming stuff there I just filmed with him uh, interviewing Steve Buscemi recently, um, nice. and then there's like, the other two these other two comedians in New York City that have a podcast called Tuesdays with Stories, and the guys' names are Mark Norman and Joe List. Mm-hmm. And earlier this year, I reached out to them and I was like, "Hey, listen, because they had a Patreon, but they weren't really putting too much effort into it. And I love their podcast. I think they're hilarious. I think they're real like up and comers. Um, I was like, I'd love to get involved. And now I'm also working with them like all the time. Uh, Mark's actually coming out with his Netflix special before Thanksgiving. Yeah, so he's like, you know, they're really, they're very, very uh, successful. And uh, I was lucky to kind of get pulled in after I kind of pitched them, me coming in to work on these video projects. We started a documentary series called Hot Gay Sets about them doing their live sets. (laughs) And uh, Brad actually named it. I did. And uh, it's a documentary series that kind of follows them to uh, all their different shows and it's on their Patreon, the Tuesdays with Stories Patreon, that's the name of their podcast. And now it's so much work that basically my full-time work is doing all these film projects. So it's great. So I actually, I haven't really said this in public yet too much, but uh, my lease, I have a lease on an apartment in Staten Island that just started like two days ago because that's where 100% of my work is. Mm. So I have a house in Warren, Rhode Island, which is like, you know, 25 minutes from here. Mm. Um, but I'm going to have an apartment in New York as well to just continue this kind of stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, it's great. And there's some other people that I work with. Like there's like another guy named uh, Brian Nichelle that I love. He's a great guy. He was the director for all the seasons of comic book men. Right. And we've become friends and he had me go out to Ohio recently and work on a project for a production company where I, we're not allowed to talk about it yet. I actually pulled Brad in. He came yes. with me. Um, it was bizarre. And, uh, <laughs> and it was, it's really, really fun. And I think that it was, uh, it was a really cool project that, like I said, unfortunately I can't get too far into it, but he's another guy that like 
is around that area that I want to work with. So there's a lot of stuff over there and all my work is now over there. And, and then I'm working on, you know, just general projects. Like I just filmed a special for Doug Key. He's a comedian. Uh, I work a lot with Ray Harrington. He's a comedian from this area and we have an idea for an upcoming project. And I, you know, he was doing um, a pilot for a TV series that I edited. So now I'm kind of rolling with all these different people. I'm getting rolling like in terms of work. Uh, with all these different groups of people and now it's got to the point where it's more work than I can handle mm -hmm. so I have to hire people under me to like help me handle part of it and it's like right now it's been like a real struggle to yes. stay on top of all the work as Brad knows yes <laughs> but, uh, but it's been it's been great it's been crazy it's been over the past three or four years everything's really been taken off with film stuff That's amazing. it's because it's, it's a different world too you know what I mean like I went to started going to from, you know how old are you 37 yeah same thing I'm 37 yep. so it's like when I went to school for film when I was 18 it's not the same as now where it's like I think that filmmakers are really in high demand now because everyone kind of needs one for all the different things that they do for social media, for Patreon, whatever that is. Right. Um, and especially people with ideas to bring to the table, I think, are like invaluable. So when I went to school for film, it was like, I guess I have to come up with an idea and shoot a movie. <laughs> but now it's like I've come out with like 30 videos in the past, you know, let's call it 10 months because I'm working constantly trying to come up with new ideas for Patreon and documentary stuff that gets that rolled out on a week to week basis. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's definitely hard to stand out because now everybody can do it with just Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's the thing. You have to really raise the bar. That's that's one of the keys I brought to the table with Tuesdays. I was like the key to making your Patreon seem like it's valuable is we have to make stuff that looks like it could be on television. Right. That's how we that's what's going to make us stand out. And so that's what yeah. we've been focusing on. And it's been great. It's been working out really well. So with mm. so with your you know, uh, relationships with um you know, Walt Flanagan and Brian Johnson. I have to ask this as somebody who who's a fan of comic book men. Yeah. First of all, I know that Brian Johnson did not work there. What did he do for a living? Instead of staying at the hang out at the store all day. Uh, well, I'll tell you a funny thing. During the pandemic, uh, I didn't want our podcast to be the same thing every week where it's like, what movie did you watch? What TV show did you watch? Because we were, you know, doing yeah. nothing. Yeah. yeah. And I was working in Jersey and filming still. So I said to the guys, I said, would you mind if I did like a sit down interview with each one of you one, one on one to get your whole story of like questions that people have that you guys never answer on the podcast? And so I sat down one on one with Walt, Brian, Mike and Ming and, to, and get him Steve Dave, another guy who, who was part of the podcast. Tell him Steve Dave. And I got to kind of sit down with them and and do that interview. It's actually on our, you know, on our, our podcast is the Chuck and Brad podcast. If you go to chuckandbradpodcast.com slash TESD, it has those six one-on-one -on -one interviews. And those episodes actually were so popular that that got pulled into the Tell, Tell Them Steve Dave Patreon. So I host a show on the Patreon now for them. Awesome. So I, that, that turned into this other show called the Tesdy Tapes on the Tell Them Steve Dave Patreon. But... Brian Johnson's life is very specific and very odd. Um, and to be honest, you know, he's had a bunch of jobs. He managed uh, Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash West Coast in okay. California for a little bit. Um, he was here after that. And, you know, I should say here, meaning East Coast on the East Coast version in New Jersey, managing the online sales department. That's how he and Quinn became friends. Brian Quinn. Mm -hmm. Um and to be honest, by the time Comic Book Men started, I'm not sure what his job was, but I believe he was living with his parents at that time. I think that, that by that time, but he was, 
he was definitely managing the online part part of the Jansen Bob Secret Stash, and he definitely managed yeah. the East, the uh, West Coast store. Because he was, yeah, he was just he was like there, and he would just be even like on his headphones, on his iPad, or just whatever, and just commenting on everything else. I'm like, and then like I'm watching. Probably I didn't realize like until about. Three, four seasons in, like he really doesn't work there. Yeah. You know the Ming doesn't work there. Never worked there either, right? Really? Ming never worked there. I thought he did. No, he never did. It was all for the show. It was just made up for the show. I didn't. Wow. Hey, they, picked on Ming, they picked on Ming so much. Though. So it was great. <laughs> so when Tell Him Steve Dave started, which was 2010, I believe it was 2010. It might have been 2009. I think it was 2010. Um, the reason it started was because Brian kind of had nothing in his life, and he actually felt like kind of suicidal. And really? yep, and he and Walt had both been on Kevin Smith's podcast, Smodcast, yeah. and their episodes had gotten these awesome responses that people loved them. And so Kevin kind of urged them to start telling Steve Dave. Um, and that's when and 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 Brian. Well, I mean, they didn't know it was called Tell Him Steve Dave at the time. He's like, you should start a podcast. And Brian decided to start a podcast with Walt, and he asked him to do it. And Quinn, he asked to be the tech guy at the time, and. That's why the podcast started was kind of because he didn't have much going on. And then it, it just kind of randomly rolled forward and turned into comic book men because AMC was making The Walking Dead yeah. and they wanted to have other programming that they could air with it. So they wanted to get something cheap because Walking Dead is kind of expensive. And they said, why don't we just do Pawn Stars in a comic book store? And they talked to Kevin about doing it. That's what it is. And uh, Kevin eventually told them like, oh, I have guys that work in the store that they're, they're really funny. And the head of AMC was like, well, send me over their podcast because Kevin told me about the podcast. And he said, these are our guys. And that's how they turned into comic book men is because of the podcast. And so since then, I mean, you know, not like Tell Him Steve Dave is a huge podcast on its own, even besides comic book men. But comic book men was really popular. Tell Him Steve Dave is super popular. Their Patreon is like incredibly popular. They have, we have you know, we have like 7,100 people on our Patreon and the tiers go up to like $100 a month. So it's like they're, you know, I don't know anything about the behind the scene financials. But they're doing great with the Tell Him Steve Dave Patreon. Awesome. So Brian Johnson has carved out a nice life for himself. Good for, off know, off good of the for. back of his uh, his witty cynicism. And that's, and <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the type great. of character. He's so funny. Yeah, yeah, he's so great. Quick. He's yeah. great. And then Ming, yeah, Ming was actually working for Kevin on like the design side. And he was working in the VSQ offices. And because I think it's because he was on Tell Him Steve Dave um, as kind of like, you know, a guy they just made fun of all the time. Yeah. Uh, he was pulled into comic book man. They were like, yeah, let's just act like you work at the store, but he didn't really work at the store. That's a, that, that made that surprise. I, I'm like totally surprised. Like, well, it's I, funny. I'll, I'll show you something later. I, uh, I actually direct a show and the show is the four guys from comic book men and right. the director of comic book men. And they go through every episode and they break down all the behind the scenes of it, how they pitched all the stories, the stuff that didn't come through all this stuff. I direct that show. We shoot it. We're shooting one uh, next, next Monday too. Where can I find this show? The Tell Him Steve Dave Patreon. We that's where we do it. Good stuff. You have to add add to add an expense. Yeah, <laughs> if you go, if you watch get, get Pluto and watch it. It's free too. So. Oh yeah, comic book man. I I love comic book man. I mean, I came into that world as a as like a fan. You know, I fell in love with Chasing Amy in like 1997 or eight, and I loved all the Jay and Silent Bob movies, all the View Askew stuff, all the all of Kevin's podcasts and books and all that stuff loved comic book men loved tell him steve dave 
and then I just kind of was able to weasel my way in and just go further and further with it. So it's been crazy becoming like part of that world. It's really nuts. Because every girl I date, I make sure that they watch Clerks too. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. To see if they, just to see yeah. if they can handle it. You can handle this movie. Then you can handle me and all my friends. <laughs> yeah. Clerks 3 is coming out. I heard, I heard. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about the Rhode Island Comic Con, the Clerks reunion? I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, it's going to be sick. It's going to be very cool. Yeah, we actually got uh, press passes to go. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, awesome. So that's awesome. All three days. That's, that's great. Cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, yeah. did you guys have questions about my path to working in university housing? <laughs> oh, oh, you work in, oh, you work in a uh, higher in university housing, yeah. Higher oh, ed. oh, where at? Yeah, the University of Massachusetts, Dartmouth. Oh, awesome. I'm, yeah. a, I'm also a fellow uh, higher ed oh. employee. You guys are really similar. I can <laughs> tell. <laughs> I can tell. We're going to start like, 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 why would you eat yeah. something like that? And I was yeah. like, oh, that sounds <laughs> like this guy. <laughs> now you work in higher ed. That's hilarious. Yes. Uh, no, I was, I was teasing. I don't actually want to talk about it. It <laughs> makes me sad. Oh, man. Yeah. That's well, funny. Well, <laughs> well, you did Well, you did mention earlier that you're part of the uh, Providence Improv Guild. Yes. yes. Uh, improv for me, uh, when I was in college, I went to Bradley University. Uh, and so we're, you know, near Chicago. And so Second City, the, the touring company came and did shows, uh, you know, uh, road shows just for the students. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first year I was there, I was like, this is amazing. Like Chris Farley's brother was in the cast and all this. And uh, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like this was this was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the next year they're like, oh, Second City's coming again. And I had like, oh, man. I went out with the cast afterwards, like after the show. And for me, like being a rule meister, I was 19 and we went to a bar and I was like, I'm going to get in so much trouble. I'm going to get fired from my RA position. Like <laughs> I was, I was, uh, but you know, I talked with them and basically they said, if you, if you don't do second city, take classes at improv Olympic in Chicago. And I was like, okay, Oh, second city requires an audition improv Olympic. It is. And so I took improv classes. You know, I had watched whose line is it anyway, like, you know, latchkey kid or whatever coming home. And that was like, just, you know, I got, if I got home at two 30, it was on from two 30 to three 30 and I would just watch it every day in middle school or whatever. And, uh, so I had always loved improv, but you know, went from short form to learning what long form is and, and everything. And, uh, so I took level one between like sophomore and junior year and level two between junior and senior year, and then had back surgery after my senior year. And then eventually took levels three, four, five, a and five B had my eight weeks of performances. And I was like, wow, this is really great. And then they're like, okay, here are the new casts for new teams at improv Olympic. And I did not make a team Mm -hmm. and I was so sad but i'm like you know what no this is just a setback let me take i'm gonna retake level five with a different instructor and i retook level five and they're like here are the new casts and i wasn't on it again uh and it was like heartbreaking i i was i was working at walgreens at the time in management and it was like halloween when i found out and we were setting up like i had to work overnight to set up the store for christmas because Heaven forbid we have a day with an empty aisle. Wow, and, what uh, anniversary of this is going to be this Halloween? <laughs> uh, it would have been 2002 into 2003. Wow, 19-year anniversary. That's yeah, a big one. Uh, I, uh, I So I got there. I And like, you know, my other assistant manager had like messed up. And I did not. I was working with one other guy. I did not say a word to him until 3.30 in the morning when he was like, hey, can I take my lunch? And I'm like, fine. Oof. Because I was like. I thought you were going to give him a fuck you. That's, did you that's think that was right. <laughs> that's what I was. No, no, no. Can I take my lunch? Fuck you! Uh, I, I, I was out his rage on this. I, I was, I was mad and I was sad. I was trying not to cry like mm. the whole night. Um, also, my my store manager at the time 
like she kept calling to check in and the next day she's like i'm gonna go home early it was kind of like i was working with you all night and i'm like no it wasn't you called three times like whatever she she stole vicodin and <clears throat> whatever allegedly allegedly, <laughs> uh, allegedly i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh get codex prime libeled brad uh, told me in the car she stole it for sure and yes. it, even though it's just his opinion he's positive um, she, uh, she, uh, you know, what? I, I can't say she was let go because she let herself into the pharmacy without a licensed pharmacist on the premises, which is illegal. Mm. And coincidentally, Vicodin went missing that morning. <laughs> anyway, yes. um, so I stopped doing improv because I was so sad and heartbroken. And then when I was going on grad school interviews, uh, these places were like, so what do you do in your free time? I'm like, oh, improv comedy, because it's unique and it's interesting. And, sure. you know, it shows you can think on your feet. Mm-hmm. And, uh. And, you know, I, I went to the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville for grad school. Not a huge improv scene, not a huge comedy scene mm. uh, in Fayetteville. And then came to UMass Dartmouth and uh, went out for my union lunch. And, and the woman uh, taking me out for lunch was like, oh, what are you doing in your free time? I'm like, improv comedy. And she's like, oh, there's this group in Newport. We should audition together. And I'm like, what's that in the where now? Uh, and so I went and auditioned. She bailed on the audition. And uh, I was like, oh, these people are very new to it. They don't have a year of training. So I seem like I'm really good, but mm. really uh, still have a year of training and not a lot of confidence. And I haven't done it in four years. So, uh, you know, joined that group and we did shows. And I think there were a, there was a small group that took it super seriously and wanted to do New York and Chicago style improv mm. instead of like short form bits for tourists, which yeah. is what the theater wanted. Chicago style improv is deep dish deep dish improv, improv yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or New York style improv where it's a big floppy Thin improv. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we uh, eventually left the theater and formed our own group uh, and kind of worked independently and like booked at bars and you know mm-hmm. whatever for a couple years. And, Bachelor parties. Uh, yeah. I think we did one bachelor party. Oh, Brad. Yes. I don't want to know. It was scandalous. I do. Uh, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the Providence Improv Guild formed, and we performed as our own little group, Sky Punch, mm-hmm. uh, there for a while, and then eventually kind of got folded in where they're like, hey, we want all, all of our experienced people are going to do shows on Thursdays. Just show up if you can. And then they're like, all right, we want to have a group that, that performs every Friday and a different group that performs every Saturday. And so it was like, just you're on it. Just go ahead. And then that has kind of evolved. So I work with the Providence Improv Guild. Just They just started putting on shows again last week. So they are doing shows at AS220 every Friday and Saturday. Mm. Meanwhile, there was a group uh, that formed uh, Wage House Comedy Theater in Pawtucket. That has since folded, uh, you know, during the pandemic and they, you know, different personal lives and whatever. So Kismet Improv is in Hope Artiste Village. And I also perform as part of their marquee cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know how great you are with spreadsheets or obsessive you are with spreadsheets like <laughs> me, uh, but I have a spreadsheet of every improv show I've ever done and every improv rehearsal class or practice I've ever done. You don't want to know the type of spreadsheets this guy keeps. It's it's, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm he has like, a spreadsheet of every, every New Year's Eve he's ever spent. That's true. That's very sad. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a Google Doc. It's called Brad Holidays, and it's so I can remember what I did on you know. I'll say the this birthday in d- this year, the in, birthday, I'm the Halloween that year. In defense of spreadsheets, my house burned down. Mm-hmm. Sent him a spreadsheet of all my items that I kept. Yeah. 
Okay, back. that would have been hel- okay. Yeah. That's helpful. <laughs> See, yeah, that's Every, why you keep a spreadsheet four, of your holidays. Yes, four hundred and sixty <laughs> improv shows in. Uh, I guess the spreadsheet not as valuable as as Chuck's uh, thousands of dollars worth of stuff that burned up. But uh, but yeah, you know, I, I I like I wish I could go back and not take that four year hiatus or like take mm-hmm. the confidence that I have now in my comedic voice on stage and and instill it into like. 22 year old me uh because that's what was missing is that you know you're on stage and and you're not confident in who you are or what you're saying Mm -hmm. and it and the audience reads that and you can say whatever you want and they aren't going to respond to it right Mm -hmm. and now you know i i know enough about myself and the characters i'm playing that you know i i feel like not always but i can walk on and be like "Mm, this is a good sandwich and you deliver it the right way and it connects with the audience can taste the cheese of the sandwich yeah that's how good yeah well i mean it's a lot of cheese um (laughs) that's what makes it a good sandwich it's a five cheese sandwich from main street cafe yeah (laughs) taste all five they're all separate uh and so yeah i i uh i yeah i've been a part of the the rhode island improv scene i think we started i think the the newport group performed at the fifth providence improv fest Mm -hmm. and i think they were up to 13 before covid shut everything down so i think next year will be 14 nice uh assuming it comes back and the world doesn't explode by then which might happen <laughs> oh, who knows? Never know. who knows? Who, what was the oddest character that somebody had you oh i was, I was we were just talking on the car uh i it was it was a scene where it was like so and so uh the the blanking burglar like you know for example like uh chuck the dancing burglar mm-hmm. and the next guy was like uh steve the the ballet dancing uh murderer whatever it it heightened and i'm like all right well i have to heighten murder i have to think of a different verb like a a performance verb to add ing to and i came out as michael the singing racist and you know i was like i'm michael the singing racist and i've got some thoughts about and i got wiped before that but the whole audience was like that was so like wonderfully stupid yeah and they were all on board with it the perfect next step yeah, yeah. and uh and it felt really good and it's <laughs> it, you know more next step right and you know i'm i'm I, I was like i'm so glad you guys wiped the scene when you did because i had nothing beyond <laughs> michael the singing racist um and yeah it, it's it's weird i i love improv because it can be whatever you want i there was a, another show we did where i made a joke uh, about like Dr. Pepper with fentanyl, something like that, where I, w- I wanted to make oh, Dr. Yeah. Pepper more addictive. And people didn't like this. People did not like it. <laughs> and, and I'm like, all right, I thought that would land. It didn't, whatever, it's, mm. it's improv, it happens. Mm. And then my scene, you know, like other actors came out and they're like, yeah, why don't we make a joke about fentanyl? It's not like anyone in the audience lost someone to the opioid crisis. Oh, <laughs> and, so, and so I came out, I'm like, I'm really sorry, blah, blah, blah. And like, but- And, and that's the type of show you can go and see yes. Brad do when he does improv. But I'll, I'll say this, we, we we turned it into something where it was like you know they they knew it wasn't malicious and uh so we talked through it and then i think at one point i left the stage to travel back in time and like ran out of the theater downstairs came up the came in the other doorway and i had taken off my flannel and tied it around my waist and i was past brad and i was there to prevent myself from making the fentanyl joke and so then the whole night we're doing time travel where we're running through the theater and I think somebody took my flannel and tied it around their waist and they were past Brad. And it was just like so bizarre and really pushed the rules of like what improv is. Mm-hmm. And so students that were there that night are like, that was when I knew that improv was special. 
Mm. And because it was so different than anything I had ever seen. And I'm like, it was just an insensitive comment I made. <laughs> so, I mean, somebody could have pulled a tattoo and just say, all right, let's go to the improv and yell sad suggestions. Oh, you know? Like, oh, we great. need a place. 9-11. Yeah, I love that. I uh, love yeah. that. And, you know, you, you, you get those and you work with those and that, that's fine. Um, but uh, it was, oh, it was such a weird, weird show that, and, you know, I'm apologizing profusely to the audience afterwards and my castmates, and they're like, no, don't. like, we, we made it into something. And I'm like, yeah, but I wrecked it. And they're like, yes, but we took your wreck and made it into something. That's what improv is. And I'm like, all right, good point. Took me to yeah. chicken I, shit and made yeah. chicken salad. I always tell people my greatest skill at improv is being on stage with good improvisers. And that's that's the key, is that I just happen to be there. You just happen to be let, a supporting let, character. Let, let people lift yeah. me up. That's, yeah. that's, that's the way to go. That's oh, fine. Um... God, I have so many questions. <laughs> I don't even know because like, you guys covered a lot. <laughs> I know we talk a lot, yeah, but it I was know. like it just covered so much. <laughs> um, I hear you. We can hit it with the this or that. Uh, yeah, we'll do it in a moment. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, like, uh, speaking of your improv, um, was there ever a, an audience suggestion that that turned into something that was like oddly sweet or just oddly thoughtful? We uh we did a show. Oh man. Maybe it was a right around Valentine's Day, and it was a show where, you know, the the teenage boy was anxiously waiting to get a Valentine from, and I'm sure I named the character like a combination of girls from my childhood, like Missy Clayton or, or Chrissy Harger or something like girls I knew in seventh grade mm -hmm. that I would have loved to get a Valentine from. Yeah. And uh, the whole show, and it, you know, I, I was one of his parents, and we like kind of made fun of him the whole show and whatever. And so we go through this half hour show, and the kids just waiting to get his valentine yeah and the mailman comes and we go through and we're like it's, it's not here and it was the audience was like heartbroken for this guy <laughs> but then you know the girl playing missy clayton showed up at the door and i think we had established like when you love someone you go to one knee for them like some dumb uh, whatever and so she showed up at the door and they went to one knee for each other immediately and it was like so sweet and the audience was like 100% behind this this kid oh. getting his valentine and uh and yeah it was it was really really nice like i you know every once in a while you you get a, a vaguely wholesome story but more often than not our our shows end with somebody dead <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yes most of our a lot of our comedy shows at the comedy connection like the christmas and halloween ones especially for some reason they always revolve around us trying to put on a good show. Yes, like, that'll be the story of the show. We're like the Muppets in that Yeah, way. exactly. <laughs> and a lot of times for Christmas, the shows are called Chuck and Brad's Best Christmas Show Ever. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of the show is like trying to put on the best Christmas show ever. Mm -hmm. And we'll create these like fake circumstances. Like, if we put on the best Christmas show ever... You know, Santa Claus's chorus is going to come and sing us off stage and we'll actually have like a chorus come and do that, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But most of our shows actually have kind of like a sweet backstory yeah. where it's about us like trying to accomplish something like that. Maybe either, you know, not, you know, becoming, stopping being friends during the show and coming back together by the end and stuff like that. Like fun stuff of like, I remember there was one where... Uh, my Christmas list fell out of my pocket when I left the stage and so Brad stayed and he read my Christmas list and it was basically to have the best Christmas show ever for you to yeah. raise your spirits mm -hmm. so we'll 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 put some of stuff yeah. of that in oh, because yeah. I think it's funny and it kind of makes it connect in a little way to people in the audience I think I, it's yeah, funny I feel like Christmassy Christmas stuff yeah. should have some heart in it okay. yeah. sure for sure so who were your like comedic uh, influences Oof. what do you say Brad ah uh, it's it's weird because I 
I mean, you know, like I said, I watched Who's Line, uh, but it was the British version of Who's Line. So, I mean, and, you know, Colin Mockery and Ryan Styles were on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, man, I don't know. I, I, I don't yeah. know that I really have. I, it's weird because, like, I can look at things as an adult where I'm like, oh, I, I think that Pete Holmes is great. I think that John Mulaney is great. Right. But, like, looking back to when I was, like, 10, mm-hmm. uh, like, Robin Williams or, like, a joke book about like 101 jokes about bugs or so like things yeah. like that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting question because I'm thinking about the same thing where I'm like, well, I know that when I was young, I loved and I still love Jim Carrey, love oh, Chris Farley, love Adam Sandler, love all these different things. But I'm wondering which ones actually came through as influences. Yeah, I think I, In Living Color was a was a big one for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. Um, because that was the first sketch show I really watched. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I, you know, I never watched SNL growing up. You know, I was aware of it, but it wasn't like anything I sought out. Yeah. And then kind of getting, you know, into middle school and stuff. And like it was the weekend update segments. So Kevin Nealon and mm-hmm. Norm MacDonald, I think, were, were big for me. And then when Jon Stewart took over The Daily Show, I think there's there's some Jon Stewart in my delivery. Yeah. It's really whoever I've seen most recently <laughs> comes, comes through my voice, which is great unless I watch a Richard Pryor special, which is not great. Then, I, then I'm, I'm in all kinds of trouble. I would, I would say for me, you know who it is, really? Yeah. Trey Parker and Matt Stone yeah. from South Park. They're the creators yeah, of South got, Park. Yeah. And like to me, not only are they, are they funny, but they've figured out the balance between like comedy and story and pulling people in. And they have almost like this great blend of really dumb stuff and really smart stuff. And as we go forward to doing our stuff, I realize that Conan O'Brien is a big, big influence on what we look to do right. with like sketches and segments and stuff like that. I think his level of like whimsy yeah. and his ability to like be down to break the fourth wall all the time mm-hmm. is something that we really really gravitate towards we did this sketch for our halloween show the last halloween show we did where we were like okay uh you know everyone wants us to do a ouija board we don't care about the ouija board we don't believe in the ouija board we're gonna do the ouija board Mm -hmm. and we had a camera on stage like a gopro above it yeah and the gopro was showing the you know the ouija board right there live on the screen and so we were like asking it questions. Yeah, we each it. had a hand on it. We each had a hand on the on the, the pointer thing. Jet, yeah. But the thing is, we what we actually did was we filmed the 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 angle first, and we just choreographed it. Right? right. So we would like call on like a ghost, and we'd be looking down at it, and people would see on the screen in the, in the audience, ghost hands come in and move our hands around. <laughs> you know what I mean? They could see it, but like we couldn't see it because we weren't looking up at the screen. Mm-hmm. So we were doing it like that, and we did this whole bit. And we were, you know, we were like, are you doing it? And we were, you know, freaking out. And eventually it was like, I think the devil put his dick on it. <laughs> and Brad took a second Ouija board pointer. We had two by the end. And his uncle, who was a ghost, put his dick on it. And so our hands were on the dicks. <laughs> and we were going back and forth. And we're like, what's going on here? I don't know what's going on. It's like three, two, three, two. Like we were, and, and that was definitely a Conan O'Brien bit. Yeah. It was, and, and, you know, it was like perfectly Conan O'Brien. And by the end, we broke the fourth wall, even with that. Yeah. Um, but that kind of stuff, you know, I, th- I think I, it's funny. I never really thought about that. But Trey Parker, Matt Stone and Conan O'Brien and a lot of the old Simpsons stuff, yes. I think, really informed like my voice in comedy, which a lot of that stuff is Conan O'Brien. Oh, like yeah. the monorail episode of The yep. Simpsons was yep. written by Conan O'Brien. That I didn't know. It's crazy. Yep. I know. He, they just did like a... I think they did like an article somewhere and it was like the oral history of the monorail episode and it's written by Conan O'Brien, mm-hmm. which is outrageous. He also was a writer on SNL around that time. Crazy. Damn, you know, yeah. if you, and you know, I got to recommend 
recommend a book to you guys. It's called Homie Don't Play That, The Story of a Living Color. Really? Oh, that's cool. That's oh, it's cool. amazing. Uh, I know Vic has it somewhere over there. Yeah. And, um, but, I would love to. I um, love we actually had like the that. author on our show. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, David Peisner. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. That's yeah. really, really cool. That's yeah, that great. Was that was a surprising gift for us. Um, I love stuff like that. Oh, I, lo- I love behind the scenes stuff. Um, oh, my uh, God. The things that you wouldn't even believe just oh, reading yeah. that book. I mean, I love it. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay, we're the same age. Ace Ventura is probably one. Of yeah, your of course, of course. He did not want Jim Carrey to do it. Really? Like everybody looked at the script and thought it was the stupidest thing ever. For yeah. for the for for Ace Ventura, like they looked at the Ace Ventura script and said, "Don't do it." Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. he wrote it with his friend, right? Ace Ventura. I mean, uh, Jim Carrey. He wrote that script with his friend, or did his friend write it? Um, I'm not sure who wrote it exactly, yeah. but I remember um, reading in the book um, Colin Quinn, who was uh, one of the mm-hmm. writers of *In Living Color* right. in the last seasons. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, like I didn't. I love Colin Quinn. Like he took a look at the script and he and he felt he said, "Man, I feel really sorry for Jim for taking this project because if he does this movie, he's going to be banished to Canadian TV." (laughs) You know what though? Wasn't wasn't that Roger Ebert like panned it and then changed? Took his back his review. Yeah. Well, you know what it is though with with something like Ace Ventura. Don't you feel like Ace Ventura isn't necessarily a great script? But it's all about the way that the performer kind of brought his himself to it. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? If you had anyone else in that role, it's a really different movie. But Jim Carrey's, you know, to me, it was just almost like a, a vehicle for Jim Carrey's physicality. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with Dumb and Dumber. And even like stuff like Liar Liar, which people don't talk about as much as Ace Ventura. Liar Liar was a great Liar movie. Liar is solid. It is so <laughs> it funny. Is. But a lot of that early stuff was almost like a showcase for what he did. Mm. And I hate to say this. It might sound blasphemous. Maybe whatever movie he did at that time, he would have. Oh, he was unstoppable. You know what I mean? You know. I still say the mask was better. That's really. I love. I love the mask. I love the mask too. I love the mask too. I've still never seen the mask. Really? (laughs) Really? Have you seen Ace Ventura? I've seen Ace Ventura. I love Ace Ventura too. Ace Ventura too. You showed me Ace Ventura too. I love Ace Ventura too. Ace Ventura too. And Jim Carrey hates doing like sequels. I know. But I'm glad he actually did. I enjoy Ace Ventura yeah, 2. Yeah, Ace Ventura 2, I think, is a departure from Ace Ventura 1. Ace Ventura 1 is a little bit more gritty and grounded. And Ace Ventura 2, to me, I think is a better like playground for Ace Ventura as a character. In terms of it being kind of like wackier. You know, he comes yeah. out of the rhino and everything. Oh, so yeah. good. Drives the monster truck at the end. It's too good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Speaking uh, of... T- okay, one thing. TV shows. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on Family Matters? I love Family Matters. It's like one of my favorite shows of all time. It's so good. Uh, yeah, years ago, uh, Carl Winslow is like, is is he like the best father figure in the history of TV? I love him. You think he's the best? Why do you guys not like it? Uh, well, I, <laughs> I I love Family Matters. I have no problem with Family Matters at all. Um, Are you mad that that was it? Was, it was one of the it, sisters disappeared? Judy. Judy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just went up to her room and was like there for three seasons. Uh. Uh, I'll, I'll say, you know, years ago, Chuck and I, you know, it's it's late at night. We're hanging out. He puts on an episode of Family Matters, and uh, Carl is is wrapping a crystal vase oh, yeah. for Harriet for their anniversary, or whatever. <laughs> and Urkel comes in, and Chuck and I start laughing immediately, yeah. like, like keep Urkel away from the vase. Like you just know what's gonna happen. Would, absolutely, and he's like, "All right, put your finger here." Like, and we're like, "Oh my god." And like it's weird because so much of comedy is based on surprise. Oh, but yeah. in this, when you know exactly what's going to happen, it's not based on surprise. Why are we laughing? Yeah, we always, we always have this talk about Urkel's a great example. Three Stooges are a great example. Yes. Right. Where if comedy is surprise, why do you laugh 
when you know what's going to happen. It's like the opposite of comedy. It's like Steve Urkel walks in and they have a priceless vase. You get ready to laugh. Mm-hmm. When th- when Three Stooges starts and they're like, we have to call the best three plumbers in town to solve this problem. You know, you're already laughing. You know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Why does it do that? When Jazz showed in Fresh Prince. Yes. When Jazz wore that certain shirt, yep. you knew he was going to get thrown out the house. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> like You just know it. I'm like, he's going to get thrown and why, out. Why do you, and why you do you love it every it's, time. It's weird. It's weird. So what, what's yeah. your beef with Family Matters? Uh, so yeah, with Family Matters, um, I, I will say that my, my opinion has softened uh, <laughs> Wait, recently. Really? <laughs> my opinion has softened uh, rec- uh, in, in recent months, you know, but my, my, my issue with Family Matters, uh, and, I, and I've documented this on the podcast, yeah, is sure, that... Sure. Is that you know the the character of Steve Urkel? Yes, uh, irks me because nobody people is that a pun? People, is that a pun? Yeah. <laughs> y- 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 did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Bam! <laughs> you got to work in gut any cheese now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but the character of Urkel, uh, like, well, irked me for yeah. lack of a better word because like people don't realize how. Just how manipulative Urkel was emotionally. He was oh, he, yeah. he was like he was a major gaslighter. Like yeah. whenever whenever Laura Winslow was like, "Yo, get off my back, like, leave me alone." Right. Steve will be like, "Okay, okay, Laura, I'll go, but I'll never stop loving you." And then she would oh, he would make yeah. Laura cry and feel bad. I'm like, "No, Laura, you had the right reaction. You told him to fuck off, and he's not listening." Okay, all right. But persistence is key because they no, got married no. at the end. No, 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 no. We we had this discussion before because listen, uh, the, did she marry Urkel? Did she marry Stefan? No, she married Urkel. Uh, <laughs> she married. She married. She married. She married Urkel. She married Urkel, but but mind you, like the the whole the whole the whole show, like. Who wouldn't marry Urkel? Like it, it had, um, it introduced the character of Myra Monkhouse, right? Who yes. was like the perfect oh, foil and, and for way, Urkel. Beautiful, right? Myra, I don't yeah. think I was the right person, yeah. right? Yeah, Myra Monkhouse. I was like, what is? Why is Urkel still hung up on Laura? This is crazy. Right? Har- Myra, <laughs> I would have watched a show about Myra. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, but, but I, I, so I agree with what you're gonna say, mm-hmm. which is that like, why didn't he just leave Laura alone and be with this other wonderful woman? Yeah, right. You're you're right by these. See, here's what's tough. I saw a meme one time recently. What was that? Is that a cat? We, we heard a howl. I heard a howl. Oh, it's probably that? the dog next door. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I heard. I saw a meme one time, and it was talking about because there's some older movies that are like offensive in different ways like revenge of the nerds is like basically like as like a sexual assault in it mm. and like you know there's a lot of homophobic slurs in like teen wolf which is like a yeah. pg movie from like the mid 80s and i saw a meme one time that was like what's wrong with these movies from 40 years ago don't they know it's 2021 and i was like that's a good way to look at it where it is a little different at the time especially because family matters is you know a g-rated show as much as it is like if there's a real guy and he's acting like that to a girl, it's like you gotta take him aside and be like, "You gotta chill out, you gotta get <laughs> out of here." Yeah. I think in the context of a family comedy in 1991, I think it's fine. I think he's all right. It's like Charlie Brown. Like Charlie Brown is like a real pain in the ass. Like who really wants to hang out with Charlie Brown? Come but, on. <laughs> but you know, he's for the comic strip. He's good. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean, though. I agree. He should. He. You're totally right. You're totally right. I never even thought about Urkel in that way, but you're right in that he is like relentlessly persistent in terms of like, I want you, I want you, I want you, even if he doesn't use those words exactly. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty weird. I never thought about that. You guys remember when Eddie uh, got hustled at pool and then, boy, I don't know if Carl or grandma, uh, maybe somebody had to go win his money back uh, and they did an overhead shot of the pool table and you couldn't see who hit it. And I was like, this 
you know what? This is probably a stunt double. Like, probably oh, was yeah. where my brain was at. Yeah, so like, yeah. Grandma probably can't shoot pool like that. I hear you, though. I, I hear you about that. It's really interesting. I never should have wasn't before. Fresh Prince. Uh, it might have been Fresh Prince. Because they did do that yeah, in yeah, Fresh Prince. Yeah, yeah. No, it was Fresh Prince. You know what? Yeah, er, uh, er, uh, the cards. Urkel won at cards. He won Carl's money back playing cards against, like, Carl's boss or something. Yeah, He's like, I've only got two pair. And oh, like, I remember oh, that. He's like, yeah, two yeah. of aces. And yeah. they're like, oh, Urkel, you yeah. saved the day again. Yeah, that, that's a funny I way also to... remember there was an episode where they pumped in gas and, like, knocked Carl unconscious and robbed the house. Mm-hmm. And then really? the, the, yeah, the same crooks came back to do it again because Carl was a cop yeah. and they got caught by like Harriet and grandma and they like hit him with their purses and woke everyone up or something. Really weird. <laughs> and, and But like that wasn't the weirdest the episodes got. Oh, yeah. no, no. oh family robots. matters went off oh, yeah. the yeah. rails. Yeah. Well, there was Stefan and yeah. then there was there was the, the TGIF where Urkel got a jetpack and went to every show on TGIF. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And yeah. he taught Stephanie that having glasses is okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, did they ever eventually split Stefan Urkel and Steve Urkel into two different people? They I did. think they yeah, did, yeah. They did. <laughs> and then the Urkbot. That's a third Urkel. Right. Yep. Plus Turbo Myrtle Urkel. Yep. Mm-hmm. What? Urkelbot was Turbo from Breaking. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's who, was in the, that's who was in the suit. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> And then there was Myrtle Urkel, so that's four Urkels right there that yep. are basically just versions of Steve. Yep. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I love the I love Family Matters. Did you know that it was a spinoff? It was a show that was predated it. Yeah, Perfect, Perfect Strangers. Strangers. Yeah. yeah, isn't that bizarre? That is. I think I, it was yeah. from a time when, no matter what, they would be like, "We want to do this new show." Like, let's say they were like, "We want to do a show about two girls living in the city." They're like, "Well, what show is popular? Let's just take two girls from that." Because like Harriet wasn't a big show on, wasn't a big character on Perfect Strangers. Mm-hmm. But I was, you know, actually with Tell Him Steve Dave, we do all these shows about old TV shows. And there are like, like Happy Days had like a million spinoffs. Like Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy was a spinoff of Happy Days. Joni oh, loves Chachi. Yeah, Joni loves Chachi. Um, um, Laverne and Shirley, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, you know, I remember an episode of Married with Children that tried to start, uh, tried to spin something off and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, they were going to do a spinoff of The Office about Dwight's farm, and it was called The Farm. And so there's an episode of The Office that basically takes place on the farm, and it's a pilot. And it's yeah. the pilot for the with the cast. So if you watch that episode, it has all new characters. You're like, and it's and, like Dwight's sister and Dwight. Something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I think it was like one of one of the relatives died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember that. And Oscar went to yeah, and everybody saw Dwight's sister. I'm like, she's hot. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really weird to think of like shows like Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy, which are pretty big. And to think that they were spinoffs of Happy Days. Uh, just mm. the like, ten that's of us spun off of Growing Pains, where they're like, I think Bill Kirschenbauer was his name, mm. and he was like the gym coach at the high school in Growing Pains, and they're like, what if he had eight kids and a wife, and that's the show? And so like an episode of Growing Pains launched just the ten of us, and I was like, I'm down for this. I know that guy. <laughs> Like, they don't really do spinoffs anymore, huh? I, I don't know if they do or I not. Mean, they I, do, uh, I, don't, I don't know that I watch a ton of network TV. Well, they did mm-hmm. Young Sheldon, which is kind of a spinoff. Yeah. yeah. And isn't there another one? Isn't there another Young somebody or some sort of precursor? You know what Young Sheldon is? Yeah, I know what Young Sheldon is. I'm just yeah, the, to, like, it's a, pre- a prequel to Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but all, all the CSIs are spinoffs of each other. And are all they? The NCISs are are spin- they characters from that? I, yeah, I don't know if it's that, but they've all crossed over at some point. Yeah, all, all the Chicago Fire PD. Yeah, those, that's yeah. just one. Yeah, that's yeah, just one. That's just a, a three-hour show. I'm just wondering about like you know, Friends did spin off into Joey, which I mm. actually liked. Joey, I liked that show. Never watched Friends. I couldn't get into Friends. Oh, I love Friends. Mm. I, I really, just, I just couldn't do it. Oh man, I fell in love with Friends hard, and I and I stand by. Matthew Perry is 
like amazing. That's who I really resonated with when Friends was on when I was way younger because it, it started in like 94, I think. Yeah. So I was 10. Um, but then I, as I watched it, like as I got older, I'm like, oh, oh, Matt LeBlanc, who plays Joey, is like hilarious. And then eventually David Schwimmer just killed it. He was so good on Friends. He was like physically, he was just like a great comedian. But mm. da- David Schwimmer, he so like he won me over. Yeah. When they did the American True Crime Story and he played Rob Kardashian he's Senior, great, yeah. he's great. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was really surprised at his performance. He was he was in Band of Brothers as yeah, like a he, badass yeah. too. Yeah, right. but as, as like yeah. a mean sergeant. Yeah, and uh, but you know, and and really good in the role. But it was one episode of ten, so he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't in a lot. And Jimmy Fallon, I think, was in one scene of Band Jimmy of Brothers. Jimmy Fallon was too, was on yeah. like the back of a jeep or something. I yeah. loved I loved the mid '90s NBC shows. Like I obviously love Seinfeld, but. Man, I love Friends. I think Friends, it's it's funny. So I work I work with those two comics, Mark Norman and Joe List, and they're very much like in the style of comedy of Seinfeld and Kirby Enthusiasm, which I, I love. And they don't like really love a lot of sitcoms outside of that. And I'm like, I think it's because they don't get that like, like Seinfeld and Curb, and even It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. all they care about is the joke. There's never a message there's never a story like a, a real story that has like emotional consequences. It's always just what is funny, what is funny, what is funny, which is great, and I love that. Yeah. But I think Friends blended the funny and the emotionality of story like better than like everybody, which is why I think it was so popular for so long, and now mm-hmm. it has this resurgence where people are watching it. Well, not living single. <laughs> no. I'm just saying. I yeah. think they did a great job. Living single, living single was perfect. It was first. If it was no living single, there'd be there'd be no friends. I, I, hey, I believe that. I mean, I think I also think that like how I met your mother and community and stuff like that. I think all that stuff wouldn't happen without all the stuff beforehand. It's oh, almost absolutely. like a take on those kind of shows. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah it, definitely. It, it's interesting. The whole the whole resurgence of like people who are like 23 being like, oh yeah, my favorite show is The Office, which went off, you know, which went off the air. You know, seventeen years ago, sixteen years ago, whatever it was, it's it's so. I think so. Did it go? When no, it, like no. ten years ago. Ten years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking two thousand five. Is that when it started? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Two thousand five is when it started. I think it's so interesting. Yeah. I don't know. What, I don't know what it means. I think it's very weird though. Or or is it just a thing where no matter what, when streaming services became available yeah. in whatever time it was, would everybody get into all the shows that were kind of like right before the cusp of it because they finally get exposed to it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I mean, it is working too. It's like I'll, especially like with Disney Plus. I'll, I know. Like, I just decided to just throw on an episode of Boy Meets World the other day. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. Boy Meets World is another great example of one of those shows that I loved. Yeah, that's really interesting. A show that didn't need a spinoff. It got it, and it was just more like Boy Meets World. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh God, I never watched that. I. It was more for kids, right? Yeah. It, yeah. was, it was, tr- and in a way, I guess they tried to like link the two generations and yeah. stuff because you know, Corey and Topanga, you know, we grew up on Corey and Topanga, mm-hmm. their parents, so it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. But I remember, it. remember I remember the okay. of Boy Meets World where Vader, the wrestler, that's the episode yeah. that I watched <laughs> <laughs> with mankind, too, right? Mankind is in it, no, Jake the Snake. Oh, oh there you go. but it was just, it was just so fun. I remember I was having a conversation with my girlfriend at the time, her daughter, and, and um. I went to New York Comic Con and met Daniel Fischel. Yeah. So and they're like, oh my God, that's so her daughter goes, that's the mother from Girl Meets World. 
My girlfriend, she got so mad. She's like, no! That is Topanga, and that is Corey's girlfriend. That is hilarious. That's funny. And that's where it stops. Like, she got so mad. I'm just like, it's a generational thing. But she's right. Yeah, she's definitely not wrong. You guys like horror movies? Oh, yeah. I can go with I love them. You see the Scream 5 trailer? I have not. Oh, really? It came out last week. Okay. I want to see if you guys were interested. I love um, the screen movies. I'll check. I'll, I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, I'm I not love much of a horror guy. Like I'll watch them. Yeah, ju- you know, just for you know, I can right. get a jump here and there. But I, I'm more into com- I'm more into comedy. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I hear you. Right. Scream is like one of those movies that's up there for me. The original Scream is just yeah. so good. I love that movie. It came it out at the perfect time. For me what, what else are you? What else are you watching? Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, or <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess what what horror films are on your radar, especially as we uh, enter this spooky season? Yeah. Oh yeah, like uh, let me see. There's oh, Ari Aster stuff like Hereditary. Yeah. Yeah. Don't oh, we do just it. watched it. We just watched it for the first time. I did. I, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was so well done. It's yeah, disturbing. It so well done. It's disturbing. As oh I yeah. Watched. Hereditary. Yeah. Midsommar. Yep. And I watched Lamb. That just just did you watch it? Yep, I did. Would you go to theater? Yeah, I did. Which which one? Promise Place Mall. Yeah. Did the you, small theater? Uh, you were complaining. Yeah, it was about a, the it guy was a small one. Yeah. <laughs> when, when were when did you go? Oh man, it was um, was it? I don't think it was that Friday. Was it that Friday? It must have been a Saturday. Oh, I went on a Sunday. No, no, it was either Saturday or Sunday because I saw I saw the first screening in the afternoon, like one. Oh yeah, no, this was yeah. uh, this was probably like the nine o'clock or something like that. Okay. Or six forty-five. Yeah. on a Sunday. Okay, yeah. so it's funny how you guys mentioned. Both of those Ariasta films. Yeah. So a while ago, we put out the Ariasta challenge okay. where you had to watch Hereditary, Midsommar. Yeah. And then his first one. Is it The Witch? Was that him? No. no. Uh, Robert Eggers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's called The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. I didn't watch that. I don't know about that it's one. It's on YouTube. Is it good? It's a sh- it's, yeah, this is a short film. Okay. Cool, debut, cool, cool. I like that. It's <laughs> it's profoundly messed up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I'll watch yeah. it. Yeah, of course it's you only will. a half hour long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so you're a glutton for punishment as well. I, I mean, I thought, well, I mean, Hereditary and Midsommar are really good. They're really good slow burns. Mm. I mean, they're not super disturbing, are they? I had to stop. Midsommar, Midsommar I, had to put, I had to turn it off halfway through because I was so like anxious about what was going to happen. I'm like, I need a break. Really? I, yeah, I think I paused it and like, went to go get food or something. Midsommar Ooh. was odd to me. I still have to watch Hereditary. Yeah. You haven't watched and it I at all? Not yet. Now, yeah, he put me up to the challenge because I only have one more left as well. I think right, I think yeah. Hereditary is scarier than Midsommar. Uh, I, I would say so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they're just strange movies. Yeah, Hereditary. Like, you're just like strange thing. Probably the only movie. It's a short movie. It's only like yeah. about a half hour long. Yeah, it's probably one of those one movies where you make one face. <laughs> <laughs> In your in your face never changes. Like I haven't been yeah. this disgusted since I watched. Oh, it was a what documentary? What Netflix documentary was it? Oh my god! Don't mess with cats. No, that one. Was, no, did you watch that? No, don't fuck with cats. Oh, my oh god. watch this that. This is gonna mess. It's fucked up. Mess with me. Oh, is is it like real animal cruelty though? No, because a little bit. Oh. Like it, it's, but it's a documentary about a guy. Who was killing cats? Like they don't show it, obviously. Okay. Yeah. But it was doing it online, and like the police couldn't figure out who it was. This is real. This is one hundred percent real. Mm. And basically, this like these internet like sleuths mm-hmm. tracked down who it was, and they found out who it was. Oh jeez. And they told the police, 
and I don't want to give anything away, but it's like it's it's really great. It's a really don't, don't fuck with cats on Netflix. I don't know. I think it flew under a lot of people's radar, but it's excellent. Did you watch it? No. Oh, you should watch it. You you described mm. enough of it to me. I <laughs> I it. Okay, oh, it's, it's called Abducted in Plain Sight. I love oh, Abducted yo. in Plain Sight. I mean, that is one that is one it's, documentary where you literally say the words "What the fuck?" Is that the one where it's like? He kidnapped the daughter and she was his sex slave. And then, like, he, he seduced the mom and she cheated on the dad. And then the dad jacked off the guy, too. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. Well, first That's of all, it. this guy yeah. this guy should have been a car salesman. Yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> say that first, right? Because if he's, if he's like, I'm just going to go through this family and seduce everybody, including the straight dad, come mm. on. you We've got to give this guy a round of applause. It, <laughs> <laughs> Do it. You were the only one that was clapping. I mean, but it's like, but it's, what if we just applaud the end job? It made for great. It made for great. It made for great memes. It made for great memes. I will say that yeah, it's it just cra- it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's insane that he had this relationship with everybody in this family. Yeah, it, it's just exactly. Yeah. You just it's like you say the words "what the fuck," but as the as it goes on, you. It gets you repeat it, yeah. but it gets louder and louder and louder. <laughs> and then by the end, of it, you're like, "What the fuck?" You guys ever feel uh, <laughs> conflicted about enjoying stuff that's based on other people's pain, mm. like oh, this? Shit. Like if someone's um, like, if, if, if there's like a true crime, like I listen to true crime. I, I don't listen to true crime podcasts, mm-hmm. but I have heard them, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I kind of feel guilty finding enjoyment of how this story is put together mm-hmm. when it's really about some a murderer. Like, I was watching the Golden State Killer documentary. Did you ever hear about that one? I've mm-hmm. heard about that one, yeah. So, Michelle McNamara, is her name? Yeah. She is married, she was married to comedian Patton Oswalt, who was, like, okay. a great oh, yeah. comedian. Yep. And she was doing this book that was kind of trying to find out who the Golden State Killer was. The police never found him right. at this mm-hmm. time. She actually died during the making of the book. Yep. So, he helped the book get finished. He did a press tour with the book when it came out. To be like, I want to continue my wife's work and like get it out to as many people as possible. Yeah. The book release, which is like what two or three years ago, right, led to them tracking him down. Now this was killings in the seventies, and they found him right, right afterwards, and they Oops. finally arrested him for it. Wow. But the documentary about it is with all the people because it was a lot of like rapes and stuff, hmm. and it's the actual people, and they tell the stories. And it was like too much for me. It was too heavy and too graphic. I was like, I feel yeah. so conflicted watching a story and being pulled into a story about this it's like too yeah. fucked up for me to like mm-hmm. you know i feel but, weird about it yeah, yeah. you know like so intrigued it's like okay it's a it's like you always want to say it's, it's like you want to say it's a good story but yet you still feel bad yeah you feel bad it's, yeah. and it's weird yeah. too because it's like well then the other side is like oh what because you don't like the documentary like it's going to change the fact that this murderer did these terrible things right. it's not going to have any impact on it whether or not you enjoy the documentary or not mm-hmm. that's why you need to watch American Vandal which is a scripted mockumentary mm-hmm. about uh, the uh, somebody drew uh, graffiti dicks on teacher's car yeah. I heard about, I heard about uh, that honestly, I wanted to watch that it's, 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 it's good it's really it's yeah both seasons yeah. are good I, I thought season one was a little better than season two but both of them are, are worth, a, uh, worth a watch if you enjoy true crime but don't want to have to deal with uh, uh, your your conscience saying like, hey, you're enjoying. Did you guys watch yeah. McMillions? That's no. the best oh, one. That's H- the best yes. one. If you HBO if you do Max. have those those guilty feelings, they produced it like a serious serious true crime documentary. But what it's actually about is the documentary of the people who figured out how to rig the McDonald's monopoly game, 
and keep winning like all the money. Nice. And it's the story about how the FBI hunted down the person that God was it, stealing the pieces and doing it. Mm. So like no one kill, gets killed in it. It's not that heavy, mm. but it really is a real crime story and it slowly unfolds and it's mm. fucking A plus produced mm. so well. It's incredible. Yeah. So speaking awesome. of uh, gluttons for punishments yes. and stuff. Um, yes, of course. I love how you just lit up. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a glutton for Reese's cups is what I'm <laughs> <laughs> There's this new challenge online. I actually, this is my first time telling Vic about this because okay. I want both right. of us to do this. Vic and I yeah. are out. Vic's in. No, we're Vic's, out. Oh, no. no. Vic is in. Okay. What is this challenge? <laughs> On TikTok, you basically record yourself watching the opening of a movie called Nocturnal Animals. Oh, I've seen that movie. Mm, me too. Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> well, looks like I'm doing this one by myself. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Michael Shannon. Yeah, Gyllenhaal's the did best. Did you review it? Yeah, I did. I reviewed it on the podcast. Remember? Like no, this was years. You... This was years ago. Oh, oh, the yeah. opening isn't a huge part of the movie. You know what I mean? No. That kind of just sets the stage. Yeah. But yeah. Apparently, like I'm yeah. looking at people. Do you, they're like just record your reaction doing yeah. it? Yeah. And the woman who there's a woman who's like issuing the challenge. You have to like stit um duet her on yeah. t- I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like you have to duet her just to just so she can see your reaction so yeah 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 apparently a lot of people's doing this so I'm like alright maybe this is new let's see what's up you know I'm gonna put Vic on it see what happened oh turn out this motherfucker and saw it already yeah. so. <laughs> I, th- I think you'll enjoy it Carl you'll enjoy it it's I'll good trust you it, 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 it's a it's it's a scene that's gonna burn into your brain whether you like it or not. <laughs> oh oh sp- oh! Speaking of speaking of movies that'll burn into your brain oh and the overnight bo- the land before time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's 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 a French movie that came out in theaters a couple weeks ago, oh um, which I reviewed on the podcast. Uh, it's called Titan. All right, I've I've seen no, the title, it. but I know nothing about the film. Oh, it is great! It is it is lovely. It's a French film. It's from a uh, uh, Julia de Cournau, who directed this a 2017 film called Raw. Okay. Um, and Raw, it's about this uh, this uh, girl who goes to this uh, veterinarian school. Mm-hmm. She's a vegetarian, but then she develops a taste for for raw meat and then human flesh. Mm-hmm. So Perfect, yeah, uh, uh, you know that's the normal progression: vegetarian. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Carnivore. I could see that. Cannibal. I'm into sushi. I'm on my way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. See, you know. So, so, so like, so Titan. It's a movie about this, about this, uh, this, this young, this young girl, this young girl who who, who becomes a woman. Like, oh, she's a young girl. You know, she gets into a car accident and her head slams slams against the the the, the window of the car. Okay. And she gets a titanium plate installed in her in her skull. Right. Fast forward and she 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 becomes an adult. Um, and she has this this strong fascination let's say with cars and uh there's a scene which involves her uh um engaging in uh sexual congress with a cadillac mm. okay congress. all right and and not only that One um of the sexiest car brands oh yes yeah. and not only that um it turns out, it turns out that the cadillac has impregnated her okay well this and um <laughs> And uh, and she's and she's dealing with you know c- carrying the the the, the car baby That's what I'd to term from a Ferrari yeah. or a Porsche. That's cool. So, you, so obviously you're hooked because you're like, what is going to happen when? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And and much like Lamb, when you see the trailer for Lamb, yeah, and you're like, what are we getting into here? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um and and the and the last scene, which I won't spoil, it's like, wow, I don't think I'm a better person for for having watched this film, but um. <laughs> I have to talk about it to some. I have to share my experience yeah. to somebody. Oh yeah, that sounds great. 
See, I'm more of a reader than a film guy. And so, like, you know, if I read The Troop uh, by Nick Cutter, it's it's gross and gory and scary. And that's enough for me. <laughs> I don't I, I don't think anyone gets knocked up by a car in that film. Um, yeah. yeah, we 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 love Chuck Palahniuk, yeah. uh, writer of Fight Club and many others. Uh, and he has a short story called Guts that is seared into my brain. And yeah. horribly, if I think about it too much, I will get physically sick. Yeah. Um, but it's that to me is, is uh, yeah. you know, years ago, I, I, Chuck got me a book for Christmas called, I think, Burnt Tongues or something like that. And it was short stories selected uh, and edited by Chuck Palahniuk. And a lot of them are disturbing in different ways. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, I'm like, you know, same thing where I'm like, am I a better person for having read these? I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. You ever see Prisoners? Uh, yes. I yeah. love Prisoners. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's so underrated. Have you seen it? I haven't. <laughs> it's a it's a smaller movie, but it stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And it's about missing children, and it's so good. Is it directed by Villanueva? Yeah. 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 I think like the last movie, other than like the Ariasta stuff, I think probably one of the last like weirded out movies like that would probably be The Babysitters. I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. It's with John Leguizamo. It's it's pretty it's pretty messed up. It's about this girl who um you know, probably about sixteen, seventeen year old yeah. girl who goes she, you know, earning a live living, you know, babysitting and stuff. So then um John Leguizamo plays his husband who's got like sexually frustrated, ends up having sex with the with the babysitter and he pays her off to keep quiet gives her hush money. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then she starts to thinking, you know, this is good. So she starts doing it more and more. Right. Oh, she seduces other people? Or yeah, she does d- doing babysitting. Does babysitting oh, jobs and yeah. then has the husband wow. drop her off. And then... That's pretty good. Have sex with her and they give her hush money until the point there. it became... <laughs> As either the husband it or the babysitter. No, she ends up building like a little mini empire yeah, and yeah, starts cool. pimping other girls to do the same thing and she collects a cut. Yeah, that's that's oh. cool. I like that. That's yeah. a fun idea. Yeah, entre- entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could call it that, but I was like, this is pretty messed up. You ever see uh, American Animals? Uh, no, I haven't seen that yet. you got to watch it. Oh, it's, both, it's, it's not scary. It's not frightening. <laughs> it's about an art heist that really happened and they have the people that were really part of it telling the story of it. And they have a dramatization happening at the same time. That's like a real movie. And they interplay, like they kind of mix the people into that, like where they'll have the scene happening and then they'll have the guy who is part of it and he'll be in the back seat and he'll be like, that's not how it happened. And I'll tell the scene again. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's crazy. It's really, really, really well done. It's cool. How the hell we go from nice. family yeah. matters to freaking <laughs> the most fucked up. We just went into this contest of who can come up with the most fucked up movie they can watch. Well, well, speaking speaking of uh, uh, fucked up, like Uh-oh. like back to well, circling back to Family Matters. Uh, remember, remember the the dark pitch I had. Okay, so yeah. this is the, probably the most the craziest thing. It, it's so funny. I was thinking about this the uh, I was thinking about this the other day. So Vic, you know, we was talking about Family Matters. Yeah. So Vic comes up with this very dark. Alternate universe version of Family Matters. I love it. I love stuff like that. I'm on board. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So then we had a, we had another guest, uh, Alex Langley, who wrote the book uh, How to Earn How, how to, to Earn a Nerdy a, Living. Making a nerdy living. Yep. 
So we was he was talking about it. We, you know, just talking about it. He goes, "Yo, I could talk about family matters all day," and I even came up with a dark alternative version myself. <laughs> Told us this. We're just like, and I'm just sitting there, Vic smiling from ear to ear, and I'm just like, "How is this? How is this happening right I now?" I love it. How is one person right next to me and another person all the way from Texas <laughs> just both happen to come up with? Dark alternative versions <laughs> of the same damn show. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of people, yeah. touched yeah. a lot of creatives, and yeah. those creative people were like, "How can I put my own creative juices into this?" Well, I mean, oh shit, yeah. the show is off the rails, so you might as well just keep it going. Yeah, because yeah, my version was like a combination of Family Matters meets Stranger Things meets True Detective. Mm, okay. <laughs> I love the meets meets. Yeah. Yeah. meets. That's amazing. I love that. Oh, yeah. with a dark yeah. carcass somewhere hanging. We oh, do a, yeah. we do a segment on our podcast called Pitch Doctors yes. where we pitch our own versions of things, which is very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Like we did like when uh, when Space Jam Two came out this year, mm-hmm. and it was like basically a big like mashup of pop culture. Yeah, right. we were like, well, if you could do a mashup of pop culture, like what would you do? And so we brought our own ideas to the table. Mine was uh, a mashup of Back to the Future and Fast and Furious, where it's like Fast and Furious, but like they go through the, through time. Mm-hmm. So like they have those kind of chases with like cars and different things like that. Well, <laughs> see, years ago we did come up with the concept of Fast and Furious in space, which is going to happen. So yeah, we're yeah. expecting our royalties. Yeah. <laughs> it happened a little bit. Yeah. You, you just pitch, you just pitched that this uh, this franchise is going to go for another seven movies. Yeah. I would love yeah. that. Yeah, I love I love stuff like that. I yeah. love taking stuff that Shit, exists. Marvel's and... doing the multiverse. They might as well. I can't yeah. wait. Oh man, <laughs> I can't wait. Put Can fa- you just imagine the family? Yeah. <laughs> Put Fast and Furious in the MCU. Yes. Well, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> a Codex Prime guarantee. You see the yes. new Flash trailer? <laughs> no, and I completely missed. It. I did see the Batman trailer. Yeah. It looks awesome. A... Oh, I love it. it looks I'm scared. First of all, what do you Marvel think about Colin Farrell about the Penguin? He looks awesome as the penguin. Okay. There's only one. Pe- there's only uh, one penguin I've, in my heart. I've I've only seen yeah, like the very first teaser trailer yep. like from last year. That was Colin Farrell as the penguin. Oh, okay. He was looking in the mirror in the car and everything. Yeah. And he's all fat. Like that's mm-hmm. really Colin Farrell. Nice. Does he really get fat or is that? Yeah. Why don't you do that? Well, it's I crazy. Mean, mm. He's he's done worth. I mean, yeah. worse. I mean, we all seen phone booth. Yeah. <laughs> phone booth was fun. I liked it. Um, yeah, he's he looks. I, I think the new Batman looks awesome, but the new Flash trailer is Flash, and he's like, you know, he's crossing multiverses. Yep. And the narration is all Michael Keaton as Batman, and he's like, you can go to any multiverse. He goes, you can go to any universe, and you came to this one, and it's Flash, and he's looking around the original Batcave from the '89 Batman, and he, mm. the last thing is the Batman Batmobile yeah. covered in a sheet, and he goes to pull the sheet off, and that's when the trailer ends. But it's Michael Keaton as Batman narrating. Mm. It's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool. I like that. I'm very excited. Ba- ben Affleck and Michael Keaton are, in are both in it playing Batman. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, dope. it's gonna be cool. Okay. And yeah. there was three flashes in it too. I don't know the other two flashes though. I knew the yeah. main one. Right. You know the other two? No. Is yeah. one of them from a TV show? You think? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I think one from two. No, it's probably being the Flash from the '80s. That's. Okay. I mean, I think we're on the cusp of. I mean, I'm. You know, I'm just. This is just me making a call now. I think over the next couple of Marvel movies, they are gonna play with. Ferrigno Hulk, the old Japanese Spider-Man, all the old things. They're going to basically say there's a multiverse and they're going to flash to each of these different things and show those things as part of it. That's my guess. Yeah. And eventually, I think even Jackman is coming in. Yeah. Well, I, I think Jackman's too old and I don't think he's going to come in as Wolverine. He's coming in. 
No, I, I think <laughs> I, if he does that, that'll be such a slap in the face to Logan because that was such Logan. a that was yes, such an excellent movie. conclusion. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be a slap. Here's why it wouldn't be a slap. Alternate universe. A, a they're <laughs> dealing with alternate universes. I mean, B every other X Men movie is a slap in the face to Logan, but also <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> well, I mean, even in terms of like continuity. They've like fucked with the continuity on X Men like worse than like any other series. Oh yeah, um, and uh, but the previous stuff came out from Doctor Strange. All the stuff they're working on, and one of them is Elizabeth Olsen as uh, Wanda against Charles Xavier, Patrick Stewart hmm. for for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. Hmm. Okay, and obviously you've seen all the leak stuff of of Spider Man, yeah, Tobey Maguire. Like, did you see that? There's like even more set photos of uh, Kirsten Dunst and um, what's her name, Emma Stone, like together outside in the set. Oh, and there's a lot of cool like breakdowns. The greatest Spider-Man yeah. movie of all. Time. It's gonna be amazing when 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 Doctor Octopus comes out in that first trailer and he's like, "Hello, Peter," and then Peter Parker's standing on the car and he sits down and then he goes in the Spider-Man suit. The suit he's wearing mm-hmm. is identical. To, to Tommy Maguire's suit that he had when he first fought Doctor Octopus in the first Spider in the Spider Man Two, mm. which is weird. So it's like, what does that mean? Is, right. it, mm. is it the same mm. moment in time? Like, what are they gonna do with that? Mm. Isn't that weird though? It is. Yeah. It's oh, so you guys are comic book guys as well? Yeah. I, well, I, I know I, you are. Yeah. 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 I, I was saying on the way up here, I'm like, yeah, these guys love comics, and uh, I'm like, it's gonna be a 45 minute discussion about how much you all love Old Man Logan. Love Old Man Logan. <laughs> and Chuck's like, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I didn't get into comics in my youth. Like my my parents never pushed it. They pushed you know books. Uh, and, and and oh yeah, you I piece know. of shit. They, yeah, that's <laughs> uh, and and so then I got to it college. Pushed, you know, real books. But, yeah. <laughs> I'll have the Garfield collection, please. Yes, I did have. Anyway, uh, they they did not push. Yeah, his because, whole his whole comic book, his whole shelf was just. Garfield Treasuries, yes, <laughs> one through fifty-eight. The idea of a continuing expense was not something my parents wanted to support. So, like gotcha. buying a comic book to to, to keep. Up I, with can I tell you, Can I say this about you? Yeah, keep keep doing it. I think keep interrupting my uh, my tale of comic book woes. We got an email on our podcast, and it's like when when Brad tells a story, Chuck just goes, "Uh huh, yep, uh huh, yes." And he doesn't interject, which shows he's not listening. So I'm showing you that I'm listening. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Your parents actually said to you, "You could read comic books, but we don't really want a continuing." No, that, that was just they. They didn't. Uh, they didn't. I, I don't know. They the comic books were never considered an option in, in little baby Bradley's household. I think that. Um, but the Scholastic Book Fair, they you know get. I think it's you want. probably more that, and yeah. I think it's probably more when you're a kid, certain things come into your world right. as opposed to you seeking them out right. and that mm-hmm. probably leads you a little bit more so like if you're not you're not going to get bombarded with a comic book at school but they are going to say hey we're doing this classic book right. fair you know what i mean yeah. so i didn't know maybe any, now they would do comic books at school they might uh they there it was not a thing when i was growing up and so like when i got to college and my friends like you should read uh the, you know what i think he was reading cable or whatever at the time and i'm like no thanks you know it's 1996 no need for comic books just yet uh, and then probably it wasn't until I was out here, so 2006, that I was like, maybe I should read this Civil War storyline that I've heard so much about. Yeah. And that, to me, was my entry point into like the Marvel comic world yeah. just before Iron Man launched the, yeah. the cinematic universe. Oh, so he was and right so, on time. Right. And, and, and then I'm like, oh, I, I should read Hush, uh, the Batman. Or I should yeah. read The Long Halloween. Long Halloween. Or I should read I, Old I, I loved Long, Long Halloween. And, oh, me too. And all these yeah. different kind of, you know, more classic storylines that I had missed. And I was like, oh, I wish I had read these, you know, as they were coming out. 
Yeah. Uh, but alas, it was not to be. And so then, you know, meeting Chuck and his his rabid enthusiasm for Old Man Logan or other storylines. Marvel Zombies is yeah. what got me there back into comics. I love Marvel Zombies. Yeah. Read Saga. I, I've read Saga. All so right. I'm caught up. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I'm, I'm caught up to because they went on hiatus for a while. I don't know if they've restarted. January this January 2022. They they come back back out. That's great. I read all of Fables and Jack of Fables two or three years ago um, just as like, oh, all right, well, I I think I played the Xbox game, uh, the Wolf Mm -hmm. Among Us or whatever it was. You guys are gamers. You guys are awesome. Oh, we also, like, I was going to say, we also, Chuck wrote a pitch for WrestleMania when we were talking about WrestleMania productions. And y'all were wrestling fans. Where y'all been? I'll say this. His prediction ended with, uh, who, who was it? Well, Sasha and somebody else. Yeah, Give, Sasha Banks and uh, who I don't know who was. Fan, it was like and what were what were they doing? I don't remember. What they, do you what do you remember? Uh, so his his predictions ended with Sasha Banks and I think Becky Lynch giving him a double blowjob in, <laughs> in the front seat of Vin Diesel's it was, car. It wasn't my. Like like, was it, it wasn't like I think this is going to happen. Yeah, it was definitely. Like, it was like, wouldn't this be a fun WrestleMania? <laughs> It was, the, it was first the rest thing? of us did serious predictions, and then Chuck's like, all right, I got to read mine. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Vin <laughs> Diesel shows up, then The Rock and Stone Cold show up. So basically, <laughs> yeah. everyone did their real predictions, and I'm like, all right, here's mine. First of all, The Undertaker is, Kane is killed. Yes. Right? And the, so it opens on the McMahon house, and they're trying to bring Kane back from the dead. And so the whole thing is like this crazy story. Remember? And, he, and Paul, Paul Hammond resurrects ECW, yeah, and he tries yeah. to take over. Oh, it's so, it was, it was a good prediction. So it was basically yeah. the family matters of wrestling. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. was awesome. Urkbot played a role. Yes. He did. <laughs> uh, but no, we, it, it's, you know, we got together and we watched CM Punk return this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, AEW. It was awesome. Mm. But, and, and, you know, like, I, I, I think we've been following it. We used to get together for the pay-per-views. We would, you know, get catering for the Royal Rumble every year. Yeah. Uh, and then that kind of fell off. As, we, we, as I, like, watching the, the, the shows with no crowd, like... Yeah. You know what I got out of? I, I was really, really into... So basically... I got into wrestling with the Rock and Sock Connection, which is like 98, 99, or 97 maybe. Mm-hmm. And I love Mick Foley. I love I love Mankind. I love I think Mick Foley is like an awesome, like He's creative an awesome person. Human being, yeah. Period. Ex- exactly. Oh, yeah. He's incredible. And I followed wrestling probably until two thousand six ish. Loved Kurt Angle. I mean, obviously you gotta love Stone Cold, you gotta love The Rock, but like mm-hmm. Angle, I love the Dudley Boys. Um I loved all the old ECW stuff. I would get the old FMW DVDs in the mail, like with Ooh, Hayabusa and stuff watch, like that. Did you watch Dark Side of the Ring? I, I didn't watch the FMW Dark Side of the Ring yet, but I I, I caught wait. the I caught the end of it. I just fi- I just finished a Luna episode. Oh man, yeah. XP the XPW episode oh, yeah. is gonna be like. I know. I just watched the New Jack episode too, and it's like he's rough. But uh, anyway, so I was into it for a long time, and I think around ninety six. I mean, two thousand six. You know, you, you always say like, oh, the storylines weren't as good. I don't know if that's exactly what it was, but I fell out, fell off. And then I got back into it with CM Punk's pipe bomb speech. Yep. Like even before that, we were still watching like WrestleMania. Yeah. But the, the pipe bomb got me back in. Love CM Punk. They brought back Lesnar. I loved when Lesnar first came back. His match with Cena, um, Randy Orton, obviously CM Punk, all these different people. He was crushing them, crushing them. And I was like, this is incredible. If they pay it off. Yep. And my idea was eventually like no one can beat him. And so like Angle has to come back and beat him or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they never really paid it off. What happened was Goldberg came back who fucking sucks. And like 
nothing against that guy. I think he's he seems like a really nice guy whenever I hear him do interviews. He yeah. But he's not a good wrestler. No, no. And he's the one they brought back in to beat Lesnar. Mm. And when, I remember we watched that at my house, yeah. at my in my apartment because yeah. we were out of my house at the time. And uh, that kind of was like the night where I was like, man, I'm like, I'm really just bummed with these storylines. And they kind of had fallen yeah, off. For I was me. gonna say after the match ended, Chuck yeah. had to hold me back from diving out the window. Yeah. I was so disappointed. <laughs> oh my god! And then uh, then yeah, the, the, we still kind of watch wrestling here and there. And then the the no crowd hurt it for us. For yeah. me, yeah, and um, yeah, you went to WrestleMania at uh, MetLife State, whatever the New York one was. I went to the that one recently it. that where they where everyone was stranded afterwards in the rain and there was no public transportation. Oh, I was oh. there. Yeah. Oh wow, it was fucked up. Man. We did a whole podcast about it. It was like yeah. scary fucked up. Really, a friend of ours today, he was like, "We got back just in time." <laughs> like, oh really? They, yeah. Do you know what happened? They they were supposed to be out by eleven, and that's when the last trains were. But Vince, well, I mean Vince, the the people at the top. Mm allowed WrestleMania to go for like an extra 15 or 20 minutes mm-hmm. and it pushed it pack past most of the public transportation. So you could get out if you were like maybe it left a little bit early or maybe if you were the first ones out, but yeah, it was fucked. Yeah, I think his, I think his hotel was just nearby. Oh yeah, oh, there's okay. also that, yeah. true. Yeah, but, but the thing is it's in the middle of highways and they won't let you walk on the highway. The police were stopping anyone from trying to leave on foot because it was only highways. It's too dangerous for a bunch yeah, of people been, to leave. I've been to uh, MetLife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I mean, so I fell off then, and I was really into Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, like all these people that I think are really good, and and, um, yeah. and obviously now everyone's a little bit more dispersed. But I, I and I hadn't watched AEW until the CM Punk thing. Mm. But I know that people are loving it. I mean, I love the idea of Luchasaurus and stuff like that. It's so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of wrestling I like. Um, but I, I'm I'm big into. I'm big into a lot of wrestling stuff. It's just hard for me to find passion for the current stuff that's out there. Right. But I know AEW is great. I know it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd love to watch it. Yeah, once you check out AEW, then yeah. y- you'll be... I'm sure. Yeah, I'll say, I, I usually read the recaps or whatever instead of instead of watching it. And it just seems like WWE, it's the same storylines over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Like, oh, these two tag team partners don't get along. You know what's mm-hmm. tough, they're, though? They're going to win the title. Can I tell you what I feel mm-hmm. bad for WWE? If they do the same thing all the time, people criticize them. Right. And if they don't do what they've normally done, people would be like, why would they do this? They should have pushed this person. Yeah. This person should have had this match. Then they should have lost. Then the next week they should have had this person run out. And I'm like, hold on. You're talking about stuff they've always done and saying you're criticizing them for not doing that. But right. then when they do the stuff they've always done, you criticize them there too. I'll say that on, on, you know N- I mean? on NXT, they had a wrestling wedding that happened. They they did the wedding. Nobody ran out to. it was entertaining. It was, it was, it was, it was super good. And I'm like, I don't know these characters at all. I watched the the little video beforehand to be like, okay, so he's a weird guy and she's a free spirit. And then they did the <laughs> they did the wedding. And you know, there's there's uh, comedic things being interjected here and there. Yeah. And I'm like, when's three minute warning gonna come out? <laughs> and, uh, and but I was like, I you know, I was I was I was there for it. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, like. That was not what I expected. So like, oh, there's a contract signing. That, oh, somebody's um, somebody's good. They're gonna flip the table and they're gonna fight. That's how contract signings go. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, give me something different. I also feel like, but, you know, but they've also been doing weekly, like at two weekly TV shows for over 20 years now. Yeah, and, right. And, you know, uh, Raw has been running since late 80s, early 90s. So like, at it's some tough. point, you are gonna recycle storylines. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is that I wonder is like, at what point do you kind of acknowledge that like? you're getting to that age where you're like, 
when I was a kid, this is when yeah, it was right. the best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it gets scary to feel like you're there when you're like, music oh. was better when I was 18. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got, well, yeah, yeah. we get into I, our get off my lawn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We <laughs> have our get off my lawn moments. Yeah. yeah. I think about that too. Cause like, you know, cause like when you look at popular culture and music, especially, it's like, mm-hmm. music, especially, is like, can, is closely linked with your memories like I know because you can think about like you know where you were in life as a kid and mm-hmm. that's why like for like for us for example like Carl and I like for, for, like if you asked us like what our favorite period of, of hip-hop was mm-hmm. it would be like the 90s like early 2000s right. mm-hmm. and nowadays like when you have like like young young kids they would say that like today is like the best time and then I'm of thinking course, of course and I'm thinking like 10 years from now like in 2031 when they're like in their 30s of course they're gonna be like man what are these kids listening to back in our day we had cardi b we had little uzi vert we had soldier boy we had we had music what is this trash and exactly it's like, and, and if you talk to yeah. someone who was like who was like 50 right now what are they gonna say obviously you oh, know what i mean yeah, yeah. so it's like my dad hated snoop yeah yeah, yeah. right it's, and it's it's tough do you guys know that uh we were talking about it today uh Dangerous by Busta Rhymes that that was like a, a, an anti-drug PSA then he just borrowed the chorus from the 80s there was an anti-drug PSA and the lyrics were like too much of us is dangerous and it's like all the same lyrics for the chorus and he oh. just took it and he made it into this thing and it's like it's, it's amazing like puppet, I never knew about it puppet pills like huh. uh, it, so it was knee high pot from the Chappelle show <laughs> yeah, yeah it was yes, basically yes. that yeah exactly Wow, it was yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's, it's nuts, and I'm like I, I'm like I don't know why I know that. And I when thought he, when he, he told, told me that, that I was like, oh, it's probably gonna be like a light reference, exact mm. words. The chorus is exactly the same. Yeah, it's crazy. Damn, I did not oh, know. Yeah, that. you have to you have to send it to him. Yeah, okay. it's crazy. You learn something That's new dope. every day. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and also uh, uh, getting back to uh, your earlier uh, segment, uh, this or that. Oh okay. yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. we do so, we do these. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so this or that, it's a, it's a, it's a feature that I that I, I borrow from one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, Jamel Hill is unbothered. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so for every every one of her interviews, like she she gives uh, she plays a game called this or that with her guests, Makes and she sense. gives them two choices, and they can only pick one. Ooh. They can't no fence sitting. Oh no. The the the, the fate of the world. That's my favorite Brad, place Brad, to sit. Brad's <laughs> anus is permanently dented from sitting <laughs> on fences. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so yeah, well. <laughs> So yeah, well, <laughs> yep. Oh, you know what? I ain't got no plans Thursday. I'm going. You come to the show. Yeah. It's gonna be oh, fun. I'm going. It's gonna I'll, be crazy. I gotta it's go. gonna be fun. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. And, and, and if you and if you and if you guys have like this or that suggestions, please, please feel free to throw oh, it yeah. at us too. Right. Uh, okay, so this or that. Um, let's see, so going back to the like, comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, Pete Holmes or mm-hmm. Jim Gaffigan. I go Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. Yeah. Pete Holmes. You know what though? I think Pete Holmes is a little bit closer to, like basically like my age range mm-hmm. so when i think about the experiences of jim gaffigan and the experience of pete holmes and what they've like put out yep. for stand-up as well as like you know pete holmes put out crashing mm-hmm. it's a lot closer to like me yeah jim gaffigan has so many jokes about you know being a family man and being mm-hmm. a dad and everything and i don't relate to those mm-hmm. so uh, brad brad yeah. relates to being a, a troubled christian yes <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh and speaking of um kevin smith kevin smith Oof. movies uh dogma or clerks dogma dogma yeah i think that clerks is really really special because it was like an auteur and like his viewpoint and his voice like his actual voice like the way he talked Mm -hmm. coming through these characters and kind of taking a movie and being like you know what this movie is more about tone and more about these people and their daily lives and that's like a special moment in time in like 94 for indie film history. 
But in terms of an overall movie, Dogma's so smart. Dogma's so funny. Dogma's so well-rounded. There's so many great characters in it. Alan Rickman, Chris Rock. I mean, it's crazy. And it's, it's just a, a more well-rounded... Yeah, more polished product. Product, yeah. That's what I think. Clerks 2 or Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. I think that might yeah. be the funniest Kevin Smith movie. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is so funny. I really love Clerks 2. Mm-hmm. I love Clerks 2, too. But it feels like a more sentimental movie to me. Yeah. You're close to Clevin Smith. I do need to ask this. Is it true that the only reason that Rosario Dawson signed on to that movie was because of Kinky Kelly? <laughs> First of all, I'm not that close that I'm like, okay. what? Tell me why Rosario right. Dawson. You're close enough. So I well, we, well we know each other. Yeah. And we're warm towards each other. And like he'll like give me a big hug and be like, what's up? Um, but uh, I have no idea. I haven't heard that. I mean, Rosario Dawson seems awesome. Like she seems like she she's does. just down to do projects that seem cool, so I, you know, it's I'm glad that she's pulled in. I wonder if she's going to be in Clerks three. I think she is, right? I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, they just finished filming. Oh, it's done. They just finished filming. Yeah, yeah. they filmed uh, from like until like September 9th or something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. But that's why I, when I went down to do that thing with Kevin Smith and Steve Buscemi, Kevin was still in town from just finalizing the Clerks stuff. They took over Smod Castle, that venue I was telling you about. Yeah. The production of Clerks 3 actually took over Smod Castle for the production time. Okay. okay. So. All right. This, one, this one's an ongoing argument between Vic and I. Mm-hmm. That's been going on for years. Okay. So, And we ask every guest this. Yep. Pineapple pizza, yes or no? No. Yeah. Hell yeah. Anything Thank on pizza. You. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but once you're the opposite of Vic. <laughs> yeah. We almost, I almost got it today. We went to Fellini's today. Mm. I love Fellini's. Oh, yeah. I haven't gone there in a little bit because I'm going to be honest. My two favorite by the slice pizza places around are Antonio's, Antonio's. and Fellini's. Yeah, I, I will say I kind of gravitate more towards Antonio's. The chicken bacon ranch. It's so good. Everything's so good. Well, I go to Antonio's Pawtucket because they do their avocado slices all the time, mm. so you can get like their avocado black bean right. stuff like that. But I mean, I go to the Thayer Street one as well, and I kind of go like I'm going. I'm going to Antonio's for like nine months, let's say, and I'll be like, you know what? I'm kind of used to the slices. I'm going to go to Fellini's. I'll go there for a long time. I'm like, oh, I'm used to these slices. Went to Fellini's for the first time. Yeah. They had three new slices today. Mm-hmm. They had their fall slice, which is like, there's a pumpkin sauce, chicken, spinach. It was so good. It was incredibly good. They have a new buffalo chicken bacon one. Okay, they, that'll they, do. They have a new steak, bacon, tomato, and Thousand Island one. So good. But they had a new pineapple. What was it? It was pineapple, um, ham, and jalapeno. Mm, which okay. is pretty interesting. I got two uh, slices of cheese pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all of these and I are beat him in the street. Fa- a little too fancy for me. Ah, <laughs> uh, I wish I could get three. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna try that. I love it. Oh, I'm definitely yeah. gonna try. I'm definitely gonna try that. Was it steak, potato, and steak, oh. steak, bacon, um, tomato, and Thousand Island. That okay. one I'll try. Try no, try the fall one. It's so good. It was great. That pump, you, you, you it was great. I'm gonna try that pumpkin it, one. You, I'm you, you know what? It's funny. If we had if we had talked at all today about this, I would have definitely picked up slices for you guys on the way here and just been like, have, I just would have surprised you with them. It was they were great. They were they was really really good. Okay. Do you ever get the Thanksgiving slice on Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving Eve, yeah. Thanksgiving Eve, they have a slice that they only do one day a year at Fellini's, and it's turkey, uh, ma- uh, mashed potatoes, stuffing. And they give you a side where well, they put gravy on it too, and they give you a side of cranberry sauce. And it's like we've gone there like every every yeah. Thanksgiving Eve for like I don't know how many years. Mm, like I have six to or do seven that years. Now. It's yeah. so good. 
I have to do that. They now. open their yeah. pre-orders for full pies, like in the beginning of October, and they they sell out like way ahead of time. But you can get slices all night. Okay, mm. you can get right. slices, which all is right. what we awesome. do. That's cool. Oh. Yeah, sweet. Okay. So good. I love it. All right. Okay. Um, um, see, uh, looking at Marvel movies. Mm. Yes. Uh, Shang Chi or Black Widow. Shang Chi, easy, <sighs> easy for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah. I didn't love Black Widow. Oh, really? To me, to me, it was like one of their only misses. Really, I just felt like the story was convoluted, and also there was some logic gaps that I didn't love. Where it's like, she's like, I don't know. It was just weird. I mean, the Taskmaster thing was weird. I just thought it wasn't as well con- constructed, and I thought the Shang Chi stuff. I just thought Shang Chi was a really well-rounded story. It's kind of a classic story, and then come on, that bus fight. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding that's me? All, that's all I just said. Just, oh, it's so good. I tell people, I'm like, the fight on the bus. The fight on the bus and then the scaffolding one, too, is yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was fun. I'm way more into that than I am the mystical fights, the yeah. stuff where people are flying in the air. Right. I'm way more into a Jackie Chan type, like, you know, and, and, and you know, he uses his jacket and stuff like that. All that environmental stuff is what I love. That, that was actually stuff. a tribute to Jackie Chan. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, it's funny. I always compare it to, I was like, just picture Jackie Chan in his prime if he was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden, Dra- Hidden Dragon. With a Marvel budget. Yeah, exactly. And people are sold. Yeah. And I will say this. I thought the creatures, you know how they had like the lion dragon creatures? Yeah. I thought those were actually pretty cool. And I'm not usually into like a weird CGI creature, but I thought those were pretty well done. Mm-hmm. The ones that were just walking around in the in the area, yeah. in that little mystical land. Okay. But I this like one, Shang-Chi. This one's going to be hard. Endgame versus Dark Knight. Oh, that's a hard one. I love I I love Endgame. I love Dark Knight. Oh, those are two gonna, of my tops. I'm gonna jump out a sixth floor window again. <laughs> um, I honestly, I guess I think I have an answer. I'm gonna say Endgame. Me too. Endgame. Yeah. You know why? Know. Dark Knight is so great, so well rounded, such a great story. But Endgame has so many more amazing moments yep. where you're just like, holy shit! Like. The fact that Endgame sort of turned t- Thor 2 into a worthwhile movie is pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> like, the talk with his mom is, like, insane. That's yeah. so... It's, it was so... T- to me, they're, if they were told me, they were like, we're going to go back into Thor 2 and we're going to give you an emotional moment that's going to, like, you know, kind of pull on your heartstrings. I was, yeah. I'd be like, get out of here. But mm-hmm. they totally did. I mean, obviously, the final fight stuff yeah, is so the, good. The Thor like stuff. Said, the, the hammer. The, the portal scene. Yeah. It's the best. Say, say what you want. That whatever Marvel or what even DC, yeah, whatever they do, they will not. No, they cannot give us that moment. That end game yeah. again. Yeah, because it's because it's because it's built up from from the first movie. I mean, even yeah. even the first portal thing is on your left, which is from Civil, Civil War. Yeah. No, it's from uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah. The first appearance. It was so good. It was it was incredible. Yeah, I mean that movie experience was like probably the best movie experience I've had in maybe like the past like well, decade. I, I cried through it. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I cried too. We saw it. I, I oh, we yeah. saw it at AMC Dartmouth. So it's like the reclining, the big reclining chairs and everything. Yeah. and everyone there was like a hundred percent in. Yeah, yeah. There was no one there who was like a casual viewer. No mm. one was on their phone giving that bullshit. Everyone was like glued to it. Reacting at the right times and laughing and yep. cheering. It was like, yeah. one of the yeah. It was one yeah. of those movies where like you were unified as an audience. Exactly, and people made noise in the audience, and you didn't care because they were making they were the excited. noises just as much as you yeah. were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When people when yeah. Iron Man died at the end of Endgame, all I heard around me was like, 
<laughs> oh, I cr- I full on <laughs> cried. Oh, so did I. Oh, so did I. But everyone around me, I could just hear them. It was, was like, crazy. I, I can't cry, but I was just like, you know what? I'm into this. Yeah. There's it's rumors. Beautiful. There's rumors that he's gonna come back. He ain't coming back. He's done. I think he's coming back. You wanna know why? Because Doolittle came out, and that was his like. All right, I'm not just a superhero guy. I want to do other stuff. I have a family, mm-hmm. and Doolittle bombed. It did. And I think that to be on at like basically the head of the biggest movie series in history and be like. I could conceivably still be part of this, or I could keep taking risks. Mm. How do you not? How do you not? It may, that that makes sense, but then it just kind of like I cheats know. out. It I cheats know. out that death scene. What yeah. are your, what, you know what? You guys like to, to pitch your own stuff. What do you do anyway? Yeah. Here was my pitch. Ready for this? Yeah. Steve Urkel. You're gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Iron Man is the Urkbot. No. Um, I had this idea, like when they first announced Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, they didn't really explain what that was going to be. You didn't know what Spider-Man was going to be. I was like, all right, if they're going to introduce the multiverse, one of the problems that's going to come up from a storytelling perspective is going to be like, oh, so if one of our friends dies, there's just another one we can get or an infinite amount of other ones we can get because that's going to really hurt the weight of, is this person going to die? Especially if you have three Spider-Men running around side by side. And I was like, here's how you could handle that. What if they did a multiverse movie, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where Doctor Strange was going into the multiverse for some reason, whatever it is, and one of the B storylines was like, Peter Parker was like, wait a minute, there's a multiverse, we can get Mr. Stark back, we can bring him back. And the whole movie, Doctor Strange is going for his, whatever the A storyline is, and Peter Parker is helping him, but he's trying to get to Mr. Stark, he's almost keeping it like a secret, he's trying to bring him back. Mm -hmm. At the end of the movie, gets to Tony's house. Slow walk inside. You, and everyone in the theater is like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Goes in. Robert Downey Jr. turns around. Peter Parker is like, you know, he's all overcome with emotion. He tells him everything that happened. And, and, and he explains it all. And he's like, you got to come back. You got to come back with me. I thought I'd never see you again. And Tony Stark is like, wait a minute. Like, I have a life here. I have a Peter here. I have... My, you know, I have, uh, you know, Pepper Potts. I have my daughter and stuff. Like, mm. it's not going to work like that. We have our own lives too. Like, even if we're just because we're from another, from another universe, doesn't make us any less. Like, mm. I have to stay here. Mm. And I think if they did that in the first multiverse movie, you'd retain the weight of like, oh no, if these if these characters die, you can't just replace them with someone else because their universes have to stay intact. Mm. Would that be good? That would be a, that. That would be a good moment. I think that'd be great. Yeah, it would be, be a huge. It would be just like something for the pop. But then you have. Have you watched What If? Yeah, I've, I've watched a couple of them. Spoiler. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. He, he, Iron Man dies in all of them. He does. He like. Oh, I didn't even t- realize that. Every single like we we haven't done our full review yet. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's like he dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so it's just told that no matter what he is, no matter meant, what he no dies, yeah, that's to die. interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think it's that's a good one though. That that'd that be, is, well, that that'd be good to get the audience around the idea of like we can't just go get a we spare. can't just go get another Black Widow. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, oh my God! In this in this universe, Brad is Black Widow. Hello, <laughs> hey everybody! <laughs> Kill him! <laughs> um, Snapping. I think <laughs> I think what's uh, what's likely is that they're going to do Iron Heart, yeah. which yeah, is the happening. TV show, and that maybe Robert Downey Jr. will come back to do the voice of the AI for Iron Heart. Mm. 
because that makes that, sense. That makes yeah. sense in, you in can, the comics, that do, he does yeah. happen, but it's like oh. he's an actual like hologram of him. Okay, so that's you, just still kind of like walking right. around and stuff. And yeah. so you mm. could do something like that because you got to think Jarvis was a voice and now he's Vision. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So okay. you could do something like that, and that would avoid kind of just like retconning the death. You know what I mean? Mm. But okay. it's interesting. Interesting. Mm. PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox for me. Yeah, Xbox. I love Game Pass. Game Pass is killing it. But what else does Xbox have? Back for Blood, Left for Dead. Halo. Gears of War. Last of Us. Uncharted. Ghost of Tsushima. Spider-Man. Ooh, liked it. You can't find those consoles, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my thing is that I have an Xbox Series X, but I don't have a PS5. So yeah. my yeah. my thing is basically like during uh, the 360 versus the PS3 life cycle, yeah. I preferred the exclusives for Xbox, which were like Left 4 Dead, Gears of War, stuff like that. And now, like I I I love Uncharted, um, I and I and I you know I had a PS3 as well, so I love Uncharted. I love the first Last of Us, um, and I actually my girlfriend got me uh, Spider Man Miles Morales for the PS. Four, which I have the PS4 as well, mm-hmm. um, but I I I really like the Xbox interface, and now Game Pass is really really sick. I don't know if you've used it. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, it's I, pretty it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I have no problem with it, but it's like all right, I'm playing old games. Well, no, it's not. It's Back for Blood is day one release for free. That's what I'm talking about. You didn't think about that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say. Oh this. yeah, so on Game Pass, yeah. they do day one releases for free. Which is pretty hard to beat. Mm. Like Back for Blood came out on last Tuesday, and it was released for free that day. You could even preload it, and they did that with um, the new Streets of Rage too. That was for free on Game Pass. That game was so fun. So all those games are free. Like I don't, I don't pay for those. We we like since we got Game Pass, we don't pay for games anymore. Right. We just use that. I'll say you know when I went back, I played Rage Two, which I didn't Mm. know anything about. I played Prey. Uh, I replayed Fallout Three. Uh, and, and, you know, like to pass the time and, and, and I don't know, it's, it's weird because I feel like my apps all run through Xbox, you know, YouTube, mm. YouTube TV, Netflix, etc. uh, instead of PlayStation, just because that's, they were available on the 360 or, or whatever. Oh, you you know, on the Xbox. I got first. used to using it first. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I horizon zero dawn is one of my favorite games ever. And that was a PlayStation exclusive. And, and so the reason I want the PS five is for horizon forbidden West and, yeah. One of our pals was like a concept artist on the game, and so I'm like, make a dinosaur look like me. <laughs> for, for I don't ex- think he did. So the company that made Spider-Man is called Insomniac. Yeah. And previous to that, they made possibly like I say top three games of all time, which is called Sunset Overdrive, which is an <laughs> Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. Another one. And the last Gears of War six launched for free day one on Xbox Game Pass. So that's five. Yeah. Okay. That so it's that, that's what's tough to me about to beat about it for me is that like I don't like to buy games when they're sixty bucks, mm. and the idea of being like, well, there's just so many games. Some of them launch day one. Battletoads launch day one for free, um, and then there's all these other games like How that. Is that Battletoads. It looks great. I mean, I yeah, haven't really played yeah, it. We, we, we played Streets yeah. of Rage 4. We beat the whole thing like yeah. immediately because yeah. like that it's game was Streets awesome. I was oh, like, yeah. dude, I need more four-play side-scrolling 2D beat-em-ups like that. That's what yes. I want. That's what I love. Right. We'll go through like like we never – I never played Streets of Rage before. Uh, 
and I never really had a Sega growing up. Okay. So right before when this came out, we yeah. played through all of the Streets of Rage games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of challenge in those games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we're playing through all the Battletoads. That's why I haven't played Battletoads yet, because yeah. you want to beat all the original Battletoads first. Right. And we're and close. They're fucking real hard. Yeah, <laughs> like really yeah. hard. Oh, then get yourself a Nintendo and play the first Ninja Turtles game. Oh, game. I know. Nah, that's just <laughs> you. you You'll be done. No, that's I'm, a rage quitter. I'm big into uh, retro games, and we have like a couple like modded consoles. Like I have an Nvidia Shield that's modded, and then we have my Nintendo Switch is actually modded, and it's like the best thing for emulation that I've ever had. It's incredible. But we play old games all the time. Yeah, that's kind of what I do with most of the time, honestly. Hey, we gotta have you on some of our tournaments too. <laughs> Hell yeah! What do you play? No, we have like we'll have like these um, tournaments where we'll get a couple of guests from other podcasts, and then yeah. we'll just. Um, we did one turn with like the greatest wrestling game of all time. Oh, no, no mercy on sixty four. I won it. That, that was a get, that was basically yeah. a given, but it was yeah. just a fu- it was yep. a fun opportunity. You want to know what I just bought the other day? I'll show you a picture. I'll show you a all quick right. picture. This is gonna be at the podcast, but I'll describe it as soon as I show it to you. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. I I didn't think this is gonna come my way, but. Oh, <laughs> NBA Jam, the NBA Jam four player arcade. Wow, <laughs> clearance. 150. Yeah. 150? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's on fire. Oh. And, I'm, oh, and my plan is I want to mod this so that I can have any four player arcade game on it Turtles in Time, Simpsons, oh. X Men. Woo! I can't. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'll, I'll oh, say uh, Chuck has never beat me at NBA Jam. Oh. Ooh, well, okay. hold on. I grew up. <laughs> I'm a little bit younger than Brad. That's true. And I don't want to put true. that out there, but it's fine. It's the truth. I never played NBA Jam growing up. I only played NBA Hang Time. All right, Chuck mm-hmm. is which also is never for the N64, N64 which is on which is on this on this so. cabinet too. <laughs> oh, nice. It's it's Jam Jam Tournament Edition and Hang Time are on this. You okay. might have beat me at Blitz once. Oh, I've been at Blitz a hundred <laughs> times. What about No Mercy? Uh, no Mercy, uh, Chuck is significantly better than me. <laughs> significantly. It's, well, it's not close. On Brad's birthday, we used to have N64 tournaments, and we play Mario Kart 64, No Mercy, GoldenEye, NBA Hang Time, yeah, you know, all that stuff. We put a projector in the backyard. Yeah, we put a projector yeah. in the backyard and play with a projector. It's fun. That's going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want to come. Please. Yeah. You guys ever go to Free Play Arcade? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah so good. Th- that place is amazing. Yeah, so yeah. fun. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, stuff. I had my birthday party there like a couple years ago. We Hell had a yeah. shared birthday party there. Yeah, oh, we no, did. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, that was at Shelter Arcade. Oh, we did Shelter yeah. Arcade, yeah. which right. is the one attached to Fat. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good I stuff. I remember that place. I've been there like once. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. It's fun. Yeah, that was where I again. Yeah, I beat Chuck at NBA. You know, we, we so. don't have great memories. We can't no, remember I, who won. I, I remember. It's tough he to remember. The last second shot. Uh, I want to get sure older. I can't remember. He doesn't remember either. He has dementia. Stating that I. Oh, I have I have one more uh this or that. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Uh uh legend legendary comedians. Uh George Carlin or Chris Farley. I personally just loved Farley so much. Like Carlin is one of those people that I just really want to get into. It's one of those you ever have like a either some kind of musician or a band or a comedian, or whatever that you're like, man, like so many people love this person, and I know this much about them. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about Carlin. Okay. But Chris Farley, you know, when I'm 12 in 1996, he was a big part of like all the SNL stuff at that time. That cast was Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, David Spade, Chris Farley, Chris Rock, Adam Sandler. It's just yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Chris Farley was huge in terms of like teaching me what's funny. I love Chris Farley. I love Tommy Boy. I love. 
Black Sheep. I love uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. I uh, love Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. I love them. And I love Almost Heroes. Have you ever seen that movie? That one I haven't. It's Chris Farley and Matthew Perry, and they're trying to be Lewis, Lewis and Clark. Clark. Yeah. No, and it's, it's so yeah, funny. Pacific Ocean or it's so yeah. funny. It's No one's seen that movie. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, I'd probably say Farley as well. And again, because I know more of his work. Like yeah. uh, to me, George Carlin was Rufus from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, like that's right, how right. I knew him. That was my first encounter. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like I, I, his his Seven Dirty Words or whatever. Like I recognize his place in the comedy hierarchy. I just don't have as much experience with it. So kind of yeah. kind of the same thing. Makes yeah. sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of done. Yeah, I think I'm yeah sure. we're we're at the yeah, two, we hour. two hour. Yeah. <laughs> All right. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. now that we've yeah. established who we are, let's plug the show. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We did Please. say it in the beginning. Yes. Sort of. <laughs> let's say it again. Say it again. We're here to promote Chuck and Brad's Halloween Spooktacular, a live weird Halloween comedy show coming up this Thursday, October 21st, at the Comedy Connection in East Providence, Rhode Island. Other comics in the show besides me and Brad will be Ray Harrington, Brian Bowden, and Liz Moniz. You can get tickets at chuckandbradpodcast.com. They're only $10. Uh, doors are at 6.30. Show starts at 7.30. Going to be an awesome time. This is our third Halloween show yes. at the Comedy Connection. And uh, they're always fun. They're always weird. They're always offensive. And uh, it's, it's going to be a really fun night. Nice <laughs> they're going to be offensive a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fun. I'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm just letting people know. Oh, man. Yeah. It's gonna I'm good. going. It's going to be good. It's going to be sold. really fun. I'm going. Yeah, I'll be going too. I'll be yeah. there too. Awesome, Sweet. awesome. I appreciate that. And thank you guys for having us on. Man, that was thank great. Thank you for coming. You got to come on our podcast sometime. Man. Oh, absolutely. Getting, say, just getting, say when. Yeah. Getting local podcasts together is like the best. Yeah, I love yeah. it. It's funny because you kind of have to do this thing where you're like, well, let me look around on Facebook groups, see who's doing what, and be like, I'm just going to reach out and just be like, what do you got? You want to do something? And like, sometimes people never respond like there are podcasts right. i've reached out to like four times over the course of the past couple of years mm. never respond i'm like whatever but it's awesome when people do and they're open to just like hanging out and, and doing a new thing so i appreciate it thanks, yeah. for, thanks for just reaching out it was just, it's fun we, like we just looked at it we was like he's like oh what do you think it is you well when have i ever said no to a guest <laughs> for one and then yeah, i'm yeah, just like yeah. i saw who these guys i saw who you guys were i'm like Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there was just no hesitation. Yeah. No, it's and good. And I just had the time of my life. Like, yeah, it's great. That was great. It was really, really fun. I appreciate it, man. It's good. I'm excited that all four of us, as soon as we go off the air, are going to uh, eat a drop of hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hold, each other, hold each other and cry. It's going to be a good time. Rules, right. you can't cry. Oh, boy. All right. Then I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Tap. Well, I did cry. I did cry. I got show. I'll show you that video. Oh, wow. <laughs> But but yeah, once again, uh, yeah, Chuck and Brad podcast. You can find them on Spotify, Hell Facebook, yeah. yep. uh, Instagram, uh, Apple Music, wherever you find podcasts. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. everywhere. Yep, absolutely. And then yeah, and you can also find a Codex Prime podcast. Uh, we're you know live on on Facebook uh, every Tuesday evening around eight p.m. Eastern. Yep. Uh, you can also find all of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Uh, pretty much just Google Codex Prime podcast, and you'll find us. Yeah, there you go. So. Here's a video. So, <laughs> <We'll be checking laughs> yep. um, you said it all. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Once again, uh, we'll yeah we'll l definitely looking forward to seeing your show on Thursday. Um, also, uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, we're definitely down to uh, guest on your podcast at Hell some yeah. point. Let's yeah, do just, it. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. Uh, once again, uh, thank you all for watching and thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.